You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. All right, all right. What's going on, Tux? Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Busy week, as usual. Yeah, what do you got going on? More, uh, more tech projects. Yeah, what kind of stuff? Anything new? Setting up a firewall. Okay. For the network. Well, well it seems like we made a little bit of a breakthrough with XMR Bazaar, right? I mean, uh, we, yeah, we, yeah. We, we could talk it's about exciting. it a little bit. Yeah. You want, want to talk about it just a little bit? Yeah, so we got a, we have a, uh, an implementation of a multi-sig escrow, basically, that can be used for a buyer-seller and mediator. And it can be used as uh, fees going to mediator at the end of the transaction. Uh, still needs to be rigorously tested, but uh, we have a uh, an implementation. So awesome! Do, and we think it works. <laughs> have you tested it out? Were you able to mess? I have not it? tested it fully out yet. Um, yeah, this is this is very fresh news, right? Very fresh. <laughs> Anarchio just finished this like yesterday, um, and now we're gonna test it out. But the the ultimate goal is XMR Bazaar. Will be similar to like a Monero Monero market. Uh, there'll be some changes. One of one of the big differences will be that the escrow will be based on uh, multisig uh, between the buyer, the seller, and the third signer will be a mediator. Um, so that that should be cool. Kind of makes it more trustless. The platform is never holding Monero uh, as the third party between the transactions. We think completely this is non-custodial. Completely non-custodial. Yeah. So we're very excited about that. We still we still got a decent way to go, but that was that was kind of the heavy lifting, right? That that was the big breakthrough. If it is in fact, if it does in fact work, and obviously everything will be open source and all that jazz. But uh, yep. we're still working on things. All right, man. Um, yeah, that that was kind of the big news this week in, in, in my terms, in my, in, in my <laughs> world. I was I was paying attention to that, but I know there's a lot going on in the in the broader ecosystem. Uh, but yeah, big show today. Let let's get it started so we can cram everything in as usual. We'll start with the price report. Let's do it. The Monerotopia Price Report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat peer-to-peer. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, buddy. How's it going, Ooh, man? Body. I don't All see right. a, uh, a church video. Oh, uh, you know, that's a good point. I thought that I... Oh, shit. Two seconds. How about now? Got it. Bam. Bam. Cool. Sorry about that. That's good. How about yourself? It's going. (laughs) Lately, was was it a crazy week this week, buddy? I haven't. I haven't really been paying much attention. No, none of these weeks seem to be crazy. It's like we get um, we get one crazy week a month, maybe one crazy week every two months, and then things just kind of bleed out. It's been the the pattern here for the last. We love our stable coin. Yeah. Let's see. I guess we get to start with Monero. Yeah. So you can see that uh, you know it's kind of slightly going down. Had a nice big pump, and then currently sitting about seven percent down from there. Um, yeah, we uh, 
Honestly, I, I'm not really sure what to make of this price action. I'm not sure which side of it I want to be on. I'm afraid of missing out if it pumps. Um, I'll be sad, you know, if it drops and be like, oh, I should have known better. The signs were there. Um, the, so I guess maybe we'll start with macro, actually. That's probably a better play because um, I guess a few different things have, have happened. Um, let's see. This week, oh, one of the one of the interesting things that happened is um, standard and poor. So the S&P uh, downgraded um, Moody's. Or sorry, <laughs> let me rephrase that. The, SM, the S&P 500... Um, which is like standing in pores, they downgraded the U S debt from triple a to double a. And that's only happened like one other time. Um, that was in 2011. And I think it was, is it Moody's, uh, had downgraded the U S debt. And then, <laughs> and then the United States government, um, started investigating them, uh, over like supposedly unrelated things, but you know, it was probably connected. Um, these are like, these are the rating agencies that failed to properly rate all of the debt in 2008 from like 2006 to 2008 all the housing debt so anyways um yeah that was that was interesting that hasn't happened for over a decade the u.s debt hasn't been downgraded but what's weird is that um the dollar index like it didn't seem to care it just kind of jumped back up um in my mind like everything that we've been talking about for the past few months is still basically on the table here um with the potential for uh, this reversal that we talked about in the dollar. Um, when this happened, um, I guess they even faked me out. I was like, wow, I was kind of expecting to get into this area here, eventually break to the upside. Um, but then things crashed down so hard, but this really just kind of looks like a, this area right here just looks kind of like a fake out now. So the dollar index is showing some strength again. It's basically back inside of this zone where you say, Hey, a bottoming pattern could be happening. Um, you know, at, that doesn't have to happen right away. Again, that could that could wait until September. It could wait until October. For a long time, um, for like maybe since maybe it was March or April, May, whenever the the announcement that the BRICS meeting was going to happen in August. In my mind, I looked at that and I said, "Yeah, that sounds socially, you know, like a, a good place to maybe look for a top uh, in the markets and a, a kind of reversal." There's um, there's there's kind of like a little bit of a fight going on between some of the more prominent. Um, like some of the guys that called the bear market, um, uh, there's like maybe a handful of them. And right now, the, none of them, they don't really agree on exactly where the markets are going to go. Some people are saying, you know, there's a recession coming end of year, maybe early next year. You know, markets are going to go down. Um, some people are still calling for Bitcoin 11K. I don't I don't think we would make it that far. But if we had like a true crash of the market, um, that would probably actually happen. Um, but then there's other people that are saying, you know, up the direction is up and this is just, you know, slow turning until we get there. So um, let's see here on the macro, you know, we can look at uh, stuff like rates. We can look at things like the 10 year yield. Um, basically this thing was ready to pop off to the top side uh, after it broke there, kind of tested that and then started coming up again. Like this moment right here is when like, if I don't really trade any of these um, yield spreads or anything, but if you were a trader in that regard, you would have looked at this and said, okay, that was a retest and, and you're going to get some upward action here. Um, so that's a 10 year yield. We've got crude oil. Yeah. This chart is weird now because if you look at it on log scale, which I think you pretty much should, um, it screws you up because oil went negative <laughs> in, uh, in the whole 2020 crash oil actually went negative. That was for, classic. For free. Yeah. Like, like the U S dollar, the, I, I was reminded of that Rick and Morty episode where he's like, watch kids as uh, his grandpa collapses an empire by changing a one to a zero. <laughs> and it was like, their single centralized currency was worth zero of itself where it used to be worth one of itself. That's, that's kind of what I thought here about the dollar and oil. Um, okay. But anyways, let's go back to logarithm. Um, so yeah, oil is basically staying stable, which again is, you know, kind of the thing you want to see. 
Um, but it does have these upward price pressures now. Like it, it sort of formed support here at really what's like a very long-term kind of support line uh, topped out there. So right now, I guess oil looks like it's going to be back in this kind of triangle range. But at this moment, to me, the direction is up. Like oil should continue to explore this range here. Um, and that, you know, that, that would kind of signal that higher prices could still be on the way. In my mind, that does kind of signal the potential for inflation to continue being a bit sticky. Maybe it won't be at 10%, but, um, you know, it, it could be sticky at 4%, 3%, at least the, the core inflation. Um, we've got the uh, overnight repurchase agreements here. This is, again, money parked with the Fed overnight. They get an interest rate for doing so. They basically get the federal funds rate minus, I think it's 0.1%. Um, yeah, so it's basically like free yield um, with like highly liquid free yield, essentially. Um, low risk, quote unquote. Um, if you believe that the dollar is fine. And for now, I think the dollar is probably fine. Uh, anyways, um, kind of looking at the wave magic stuff, we're looking at um, sort of these long-term bands uh, that are coming up from, again, this was this was the bear market as as uh, as people started parking money with the Fed overnight, they were looking for safety. Um, so we have a bunch of long-term standard deviation bands that are essentially rising now from that event. Um However, we do kind of seem to be uh, getting pretty close to what I would expect is a support uh, area. So um, at the moment, you know, we, we sort of like this drop right here of the, uh, uh, of the overnight repurchase agreements was kind of a signal, at least for more stock market gains. The crypto market didn't seem to be able to, um, to, to do much in that regard. Uh, right now, it does look like it's encountering some kind of support. I don't know if necessarily you would say anything back here. Um, this could just be more like fundamental institutions deciding that they don't want to, to be hanging out. Um, and, uh, in, uh, sorry, this was institutions wanting to get in on the action for the stock market. And this right here is, is institutions looking like they're probably a little bit nervous about whether or not the stock market can continue going up. Um, let's look at BT, uh, Bitcoin plus Ethereum market cap. I do think this is probably the more complete way to look at the picture, uh, at this moment, uh, and probably from here on out. So, um, you know, you can see we kind of have like this big, this big broadening structure and um, price is probably going to try and touch this area right here. Uh, hell, price might even try and touch this area down here. Like I said, I'm, I'm not convinced one way or the other. It would be totally unsurprising for like a long bleed out like this happened and then was followed by a big pump. It would be unsurprising to see another pump back up here to the top. Um, I, I really don't trust this market, guys. Like at this point, I, I feel like, okay. If we really were supposed to have strength, like if this thing was ready to go up and there was all this buying action and everyone's excited and, and the ETFs and whatever, like this right here should have been follow through at least at least to, you know, to this zone up here. I, I just don't like that it didn't follow through and it's done that twice now. Like we had this, which is kind of like a little bit of bar pattern blood out for a long time. We didn't even we didn't even barely get to the top of that right there. That's getting kind of messy. We didn't even get to the top of this right here on this pump, like just barely for a moment. But that was just a, another fake out, right? Boom, and then back down. I, I really don't like the way this market looks. Um, I am like for the last couple of weeks, I have been considering whether or not I want to um, just like drop all my positions entirely, even my HODL. Um, because it does seem to me like, oh, wow. yeah, I mean, it does seem like Monero, my Monero HODL will always stay in play. I held that through this whole bear market. Why would I sell it now? Um, but, you know, all my other stuff that I call HODL um, or, you know, long-term trading stack or whatever, I, I would I would be pretty tempted or I am becoming more and more tempted to get out of that. Um, I would hate to like recommend that for anyone in the market pumps. Like personally, I would be comfortable with it. Be like, all right, the market pumped. I was wrong. 
Um, but you know, at least I, I stayed safe and I kept my gains. Uh, I can re-enter the market at, at some other point, whatever. How about um, the uh, the BTC halvening though, right? I think I saw Adam back even tweeting about it. He's calling for like a hundred k Bitcoin by whatever um, <laughs> in order to keep up with the halvening. Uh, what, what's your take on that? Um, I think I it's think- important socially. I don't think that the the reduction in issuance is really all that big a deal. Um, like it, it is still important. It's fun- like fundamentally, it will still be important this cycle. I think this is the last time it will be important. Um, after this cycle, the reduction in issuance will be so low. Uh, it does seem like the miners are operating at a loss right now, and they need Bitcoin. Adam, I think I read Adam Back's tweet where or he replied to a tweet. Someone said it was ninety eight thousand that they needed, like a ninety eight thousand dollar Bitcoin. Yeah, and then yeah. he was like, "No, it's only sixty thousand or fifty eight. It's like, "Oh, <laughs> okay, so just a two X from here." <laughs> um, by by the happening, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I think that it's it's important. It's more important socially than anything. Uh, it's a good mm-hmm. narrative. People like it. The the four, it highlights the four year cycle, which can become self fulfilling. But um, I, I don't think that I necessarily. I don't think I necessarily am like okay. You got to be buying into the happening. Um, I still see kind of rocky times ahead. I, I still think that it's very likely that Bitcoin and the rest of cryptocurrency is going to take another look somewhere down here at the bottom. Um, it doesn't have to be like the absolute bottom. It doesn't have to be 15,000. It could be 20K, right? This could wow. be that moment where 20K is like solid in people's minds because everyone's like, well, the happening's coming up next year. We're, we're finally in Q2, or sorry, we're in Q3. So we're in the second half of, of this year now. Um, and we've got all the, the FOMO with the uh, with ETFs. So, oh, there might be, this might be worth uh, mentioning. It seems to me that Binance is up against the ropes here. CZ is now trash talking or as close as he can trash talking tether. Um, and I think we even had the DOJ and I didn't verify this story. I apologize. I should have verified it ahead of time, but I read that the DOJ said that they would like to prosecute CZ like criminally. Um, but they're afraid of, of what that would do to people's bags. Essentially they don't want to be responsible uh, for the consequences of people's losses and causing a run on Binance, um, like a run on FTX happened, which is kind of like signaling that they think that Binance is fractionally reserved. Because if Binance had everything that they said they have, then it would be a matter of, um, you know, okay, they have around their exchange, everyone withdraws their assets, um, but they're still, you know, otherwise solvent. So um, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's in like, that's fundamentally negative. Like that's a negative Binance going down and CZ going down is would be fundamentally negative for crypto. And that would be like heavy short term negative. On the other hand, like we do have BlackRock and Fidelity and all these guys putting in for ETF. Um, it does look like the sec is i think the sec is going to end up looking like the bad guy here to me it looks a little bit more and more like that's the direction things are heading i think it's likely that these ETFs will eventually get approved it doesn't have to be soon but it could be in a few months could be next year so those are like fundamentally bullish events i think ultimately they'll balance out even if binance does go down um and we also have the gox coin of course um being released here and supposedly i think it's october 31st maybe it was september 31st um, so it's kind of like there's some good stuff in the horizon. There's some bad stuff on the horizon. Um, but overall, like, I do think that it's likely that, um, like, for example, this big uh, rising wedge we talked about, I do think it's likely this rising will break down at some point. Um, could be soon, right? We could come here. That That's probably will be like my real, like, ultimate criteria to determine if I'm going to exit my long-term positions um, in everything except for my Monero hodl is if we start getting into this zone right here, and then that starts breaking down. Any move below this line to me is like, I'm I'm just going to panic dump. I'll be like, nope, I don't care. Like, maybe I'm wrong and maybe it's a fake out, whatever. 
what I'm, what I would prefer, what I would really love to see is a fake out to the upside. I would love to see this thing kind of come up here, you know, 32 get to 35 fizzle. And then, you know, maybe come down. Um, cause I probably will sell this. I'll probably sell a lot if we get to that spot, right? Um, I just don't believe that these markets have, have significant strength, um, to, to really continue going very much longer. Um, same thing with the stocks, like stocks have a very similar feel to them. Um, they've kind of gotten pretty far ahead of themselves, if you ask me. And I do think that there's a, a pretty, pretty big opportunity that, that this probably potentially could be a top in stocks. It's very dangerous to call tops in stocks because they, stocks tend to just keep going up and up and up, except for like once every decade, some major crazy washout happens for a moment. Um, so I guess we'll just end here with, uh, with XMR. We'll uh, take a quick look at XMR. We looked at the daily here on, on XMR USD. Um, we talked about last week that, um, you know, these lines down here, these, these long-term uh, uptrend lines are just kind of begging to be touched. Um, so we'll probably, it looks like we've already hit that one. Uh, you know, it looks like we're well on our way to, to hitting this one. Um, you know, with, with this kind of crap that happens, breakdown of these lines um, doesn't spell doom necessarily for the XMR USD price. Um, in fact, I, the way this looks and the way the rest of the market is setting up, either the whole market needs to pump to push up uh, XMR with it, um, or this line is definitely going to break down if the market decides to break down. So there's there's that. Um, we've got the uh, the ratio on Bitcoin still kind of just chilling out here. Um, again, forming a bottoming pattern. This this again bottoming patterns like this could take a long time. This could this could range around here. You know, it, it could take time before that actually happens. I would again hope that the Gox coin could drive some significant market cap into Monero. Um, we've got this weekly very long term inverse head and shoulders. Still looks fine. Doesn't look like it's breaking down at all. Um, and if we're looking at if we're looking at the potential for a pullback in the markets, um, you know, a revisit of the lows, something like that, maybe a, a recession scare towards the end of the year, maybe not like a full blown, you know, complete recession, but could be like a recession scare. It, it wouldn't be surprising to see again if the bull market kind of pops up again for a period of time that Monero shows some strength again. So yeah, this is. Uh, mm still continuing to develop. This will take a long time. We'll, we'll just kind of keep an eye on it once a week. We'll only have one candle, obviously, every week here. Um, so keep an eye on that. Again, we'll take we'll take a few months. Could take all the way to 2024 to really develop. Um, oh, you know, there was one thing I did kind of want to point out that, uh, that I'm seeing here. Sorry to skip from Monero to Ethereum. This is Ethereum versus BTC. And to me, this looks pretty clearly like a falling wedge. So um, again, like I really do think that Ethereum is going to be is going to outperform Bitcoin next um, next cycle. It's just got all the degeneracy stuff that people love, and it's building all of this crazy DeFi and quote unquote layer two. Most of which is just kind of like you know, it's not necessarily tech. I mean, it's 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 transactions happening off chain, but you're going to end up having to put a lot of trust with Coinbase or whoever is managing the quote unquote layer two. Um, there are real layer twos though on Ethereum, so don't let that stop you. Um, anything Bitcoin can do, Ethereum can also do because it's a generalized, uh, it has a Turing complete uh, base layer. So any construction Bitcoin can make, Ethereum can also make. They also have their own lightning network. It's called Plasma. Anyways, um, this is kind of a long-term structure. You know, it could just like sit here and range for a while, go down. At some point, um, this is probably going to break to the upside. Maybe um, maybe after some like washout, some big washout is done. Uh, so divergences seem to have been slightly on the positive end here for the past week. Uh, for the most part, slightly positive. Um, and I guess that's about all we have this week. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. I don't know. That, that, that's pretty crazy though with the happening. So you, you think there, there is uh, a very real scenario where Bitcoin just doesn't keep up like it historically has uh, in terms of 
what the price needs to be to sustain the uh, the mining network. I think like long term for the next bull market, it, it could keep up. Um, but one thing that we have seen, like we we already see that price and well, so sorry, let me um, transaction fees are not replacing block rewards as the block rewards have been dropping. Transaction fees have not been replacing that. So it wouldn't be surprising to expect that price, Bitcoin price, would not necessarily keep up with the mining. It, it has been weird to me to watch this explosion of hash power happen on BTC and price doesn't keep up. And these guys are all mining at a loss. Like that is kind of weird. Maybe these guys know something I don't, um, but I'm not convinced. Like I'm not convinced about Bitcoin's long-term security budget. So why would I be convinced about the halvening and Bitcoin's mm-hmm. price keeping up with the halving? I mean, people can only put so much market cap into it, right? Like, I mean, it can only go so high in terms of the amount of money that's in Bitcoin. Yes and no. Um, so there's there's kind of these, it, you'll, it's really easy to be confused on this because of a lot of the stuff that we see on Twitter. You'll see a lot of Bitcoin maximalists talk about the market cap of global wealth. And that's a totally different thing than the market cap and the supply and demand for money. So like mm-hmm. into even treasuries, that's like the supply and demand for money. And that's much smaller than the supply or than the market cap of global wealth because people don't sell their houses, but once every few years or once every decade or once every 50 years. So you don't necessarily need money to represent that house. Um, you just need enough money to facilitate the exchange and the demand for exchange of goods that are out there. And a lot of goods are illiquid and they don't get sold very often. So um, Bitcoin's market cap, like, I mean, it, it could legitimately hit $10 trillion, I think, um, you know, by the end of the decade, like that's, that's legitimately possible could happen. Um, that would be what uh, a 10x. So half a million dollars, Bitcoin could probably hit half a million, half a million dollars by 2030. That would probably be some kind of blow off top, you know, at the end of the decade here. Um, you know, so Bitcoin could have a significantly larger market cap. That's possible. It could take time to get there. Um, I do think that, it has a lot of competitors. I think that we saw this bear market Bitcoin below 50% dominance for the entire time. It just barely got back to 50. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure that it will be able to hold that. Um, and again, like with the security budget, I'm just, yes, Bitcoin can go pretty high, but I'm just not convinced that that fundamentally the network is designed in a way that that will send it to like astronomical market caps. I, I think it's hit diminishing returns already. There we have it, body. Doom, doom and gloom for Bitcoin now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the picture doesn't look good right now. So, so I mean, do you think, uh, you know, there's everybody throws around this potential scenario of a, like a, a death spiral, right? In the, in the scenario where Bitcoin price doesn't go high enough uh, to meet the happening, miners have to start, uh, you know, uh, pulling, um, unplugging, right? Um, do you think that that's a potential scenario or that's just like uh, never going to happen? I do. I don't know. I don't. I don't like to be um, outlandishly, you know, outlandish with my language. Don't be too doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah, um, death spiral. May probably not a death spiral. Um, I think that what will happen is so. If anyone's read the block value attack, there's a paper called Block Value Attack where um, essentially one block, because as the block rewards drop, you have fees that are very high. Um, so one block might have a bunch of fees. And then the next block might have really low fees, which would incentivize miners individually. They don't have to coordinate, would incentivize them to keep mining on the old block, but then keep some of the rewards for the next miner ahead of them to incentivize the rest of the network to orphan that block. I think that we'll start to see weird instability with Bitcoin's uh, mining system before you have any kind of major death spiral blowout. Um, At the same time, I see all this hash power. 
that is completely unprofitable for the meantime. And then you got the having coming up. And I do worry, like I think to my, cause I mean, I really, I don't want Bitcoin to collapse. Like, all right, like, yes, I, I fight the maxis a lot on Twitter or whatever, but I don't really want Bitcoin to collapse. Um, but I do see all this hash power and um, most of the gains that they've had, like in their Silicon from getting, cause they were, the ASICs were originally on like old technology, old Silicon, easy to fabricate. And now they're on like the cutting edge shit, right? They're on like five nanometer or wherever we're at. So all of this excess hash power, what happens if like Ethereum flips maybe, or Bitcoin has some kind of problem, or the price doesn't go as high as everyone like prays that it will go. Then right. you've got all this excess hash power. You've got all these people that can't continue their mining setup. You've got all these ASICs just floating around in the ecosystem. And what can people, what can these miners do with them to be profitable other than try and sell them or attack the network? I, I like, I don't, I it's don't see all lead, this excess hash power. It's going to lead to centralization. You only have a few big players that could subsidize and, and sustain themselves, right? I mean, that I, that's what I would think would happen, right? You would just have a few big miners that could finance their way through it, uh, and all the all the little guys would have to unplug. Yeah, that's always the war that happens um, during a bear market. Is there's it does seem like there's these cycles of hash wars where uh, the big guys are trying to kill off the little miners and acquire their ASICs and making it even less decentralized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, now we've got greater than fifty percent of the hash power is all KYC'd. Yeah, and then, you know, with 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 an event where there's uh you know leads to more centralization, it would even it would even trend further towards that. Yeah, just I'm I'm assuming you saw that the uh, that uh, one of the big mining I think it was Antpool is doing KYC on all their miners now. Yeah, what? Yeah, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so if you want to mine for Antpool, so the two largest pools in Bitcoin um, comprise greater than fifty percent of the hash power, which they yelled at us for last year, if you remember that. They right. told us how how shitcoin Monero and their mining pools right. and blah blah blah. And now they're the the same three three fingers pointed back at themselves. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, yeah. So you if you want to mine on these pools, you you've got a KYC, um, and they're the cheapest pools, so they're the highest incentive to you know to, to point your hash power towards. You got to KYC yourself as a miner. Yeah. Wow. That's... Who are you? Where are you at? Yeah, you retweeted that. Uh, the when, when did that when did that news drop? That's that's. Tremendous. I guess it's been happening, but um, that was like last week that the news dropped on that. Wow, that's. I mean, absurd. Compliance is coming for Bitcoin miners, and this is like when Mara tried. Yeah, to I, mean, I know we always said pool. it, but I, I kind of missed that <laughs> one. I mean, that's like that's a real big step in that direction. That, yeah. That's insane. I even have some friends that There's are a like. Tweet. Uh, from July 13th, last weekend, Antpool's VIP clients gathered in Hong Kong and celebrated the 2023 KYC night. Yeah, let's celebrate KYC, guys. What a celebration. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. So maybe maybe this is part of the, uh, right, the way everyone gets corralled. Oh, it looks like it's a Chinese, Antpool's a Chinese-based uh, pool. So they're like, they're like really going hard on it. And they're, they're growing it in strength. Like. They're growing in Percentage. Isn't it ironic that China kicked out their miners, but now like the biggest pool is in China still? Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. <laughs> All right, uh, well, never a dull moment. Um, <laughs> thank you, buddy. We'll we'll keep moving it along, and uh, you'll you'll check in with us next next week on all this. Awesome. Uh, stick around if you can, though, especially yeah, for, for the new stock. <laughs> love to get your insights. Right on. Uh, let's let's move on to the dev report. Sweet. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Thanks buddy. All right, dev report time. Let's go. And now for the Monero development segment. 
Hey, how's it going? Digoon. Digoon. What's going on, man? What's going on? Long time no see. <laughs> How you doing? Good? I'm doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, do I sound okay? Yeah, yeah. I just heard a little reverb, but I think that was me, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. All, all good on this end. Uh, so this week, Know Thy Enemy. Okay, you're, you're doing get us up to speed on WorldCoin, I guess. Ooh. Yeah, um, the... I... It's like the, the Darth Vader. It's like Min, it's like Monero's evil twin, right? Is that yeah? Monero, it, it, yeah, Monero. that's a good. That's a really good analogy. I didn't think about that because it's I've never seen such a I guess like malicious use of usually you, you see cryptography used in ways to like bring freedom to people, you know, especially in this space, zero knowledge proof, encryption, all that stuff. I've never seen like an evil twin. Yeah, no, that's a really good example. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna steal that. I'm gonna steal that. <laughs> <laughs> so we got all the like, facts for world is... coin last week we were kind of like touching on it but no one really knew what it was because yeah, yeah now is... people aren't interested in that but you, yeah, yeah you no the low down <laughs> oh no, no like the good thing better know thy enemy right um yeah then we could inform people <laughs> but yeah pretty much is gonna be um i stole this photo from this um twitter thread i think i don't know his name eric waller i'm gonna put his name did about it and it really made me think about like just I just googled WorldCoin, like you know, WorldCoin was getting a lot of all deserved um hatred. I just googled it and like read the white paper. It's like really short, which is concerning given what they're doing. So, but this presentation will be really short. It's a quick view of what WorldCoin like actually is, I guess, on a technical level, if you want to call it that, and why obviously it is Monero's evil twin and why Monero does what WorldCoin tries to do, but much, much better in a more freedom preserving way. That's yeah, I, I read through the uh their privacy. Uh, terms yeah. yesterday, really quick, actually. Oh, how I didn't read that. How how long is that actually? Uh, it's it's not too long. You know, it's not That's too long. Concerning, given what they're doing. I'm like, I was looking for like, there should be more. Like you're <laughs> to 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 propose something like this and not have a ton of supporting things is very sketchy. But, but let's get into it. Yeah, take it away. <laughs> I say basically much. But if if you've been underneath the rock for the past month, you might. Like, what is this world coin thing? Basically, I've seen a bunch of videos on Twitter where people. You, it, it sounds evil when you say it. Like, it literally sounds evil when you say what it is. Basically, this, I guess, startup company is paying people to stare into a globe you see on the right, or I guess a ball, and it scans your iris and does a bunch of stuff with that information. An orb. Yeah. An orb. Yeah. It it sounds bad, and it's about as bad as it actually is. And a lot of people are naive about what it is, because I've seen a lot of, I guess, developing countries, what people will call them. They go around if you want to pay you to do this. People aren't like, oh, yeah, I'll look into this ball for like some money. So people don't know what, what it is, but we're going to go into what it is. Why it's bad. You have a gut feeling that it's bad. You're probably right. But we're going to go with technically why it's bad today. <laughs> um, no surprises here. And basically, you, you take a quick glance at the World Coin. I guess let's go back a little bit. World Coin, in my understanding, is founded by Sam Altman, who's this like big tech entrepreneur. Same guy behind um, OpenAI, which is one of the biggest AI projects currently going. And, <laughs> and um, he pretty much created this project to help, which is funny. He created this project to help solve the issue of personhood. And the idea of proof of personhood is basically, they talk about in their paper is, how do you know that the person online is a real person and not an AI? Which is funny because he created the problem that he's proposing to solve this solution and he also is a big proponent of like um universal income 
And he sees these things as a way, once you have someone's identity confirmed on like a blockchain, you want to call it that, you can pretty much make it much easier to give you universal and basic income, make it easier to do like KYC for like platforms, make sure that that person you're talking to on Twitter had their eyeball scanned, you know, it's, it's as bad as it seems. And the more you read the white paper, it's just like, this is, this is ridiculous. And the basic scheme is on the left here, you have the orb and pretty much you have the user, which they're currently giving some coins to, and it scans their iris. And I'm not like a medical person. So like, I don't take what I'm saying as a grain of salt, but I didn't know this, but probably these people's irises are really unique or like something in your eyeballs unique and it scans it for like a fingerprint and then it does a zero knowledge proof of it and then sends it to like a database somewhere essentially. And then you can turn around and say, if you wanted to KYC for Elon Musk, you might go to a place for Elon, for Twitter or X, Xer, Xer. I don't know what it's called anymore. Is it X? Is X for X? X. Yes, yes. X. X, I guess. <laughs> Feels wrong. But let's say Elon's like, I'm going to remove bots from X. And he, he might put these globes in major points in, the, in all major cities. You would show up and you would verify with the this platform, essentially, proving that you had your eyeball scanned. And once again, it's as, it's as bad as it as it seems. Like, um, <laughs> there's no, if you get a gut feeling this is bad, it's about as bad as you can think about it being. Um, and this is how what it, you will see everywhere. The orb looks evil. It all feels evil. And what it's doing is scanning your iris or something in your eye. Once again, I didn't major in biology in school. It's scanning something unique in the, in the back of your eyeball and, it, and giving you proof that you're unique. And you would take that proof and prove it to other people. Um, they propose it for several things. Right? They propose that you could use it for like voting. You get proof of personhood for voting. Proof of personhood for like UBI, all that kind of stuff. And it's very funny because they actually touch on some of the issues here, like the major limitations of what's going on here and how this security is like not really secure. They're gonna go over why this, even at a high level, is isn't going isn't going to work when it comes to like like being private and all these good things that we in Monero love. So I'm gonna get this over quick. Please bear with me. I know <laughs> this is so I want you guys to know know your enemy. Pretty much a, a major two major issues that I see with this is that Monero solves is hardware. Basically, you're trusting the ore to be secure. And they also say this in their white paper, you want to call it that. And on the left here, you can see we have a treasure wallet that has been hacked also. And on the right, you might be more familiar with like a credit card scammer. This basic idea is that there is no secure hardware, right? There's no hardware that's above being hacked. And you have to ask yourself what begins to happen if you're using these orbs to verify your identity, what happens if an orb is hacked, right? Because there is no hardware that has been unhacked. There's this, does it, it does not exist because of centralization. And that's something that they hit at, the, at their white paper. So this is terrible for obviously for harder reasons. Because if you put your eyes iris scan into a hacked orb, like some scammer now has your iris scan and can like um imitate you, get credit card, loans, UBI, whatever they want to say on them. This is this is actually mentioned in their white paper. They don't really have a solution for it. They sort of just say, um, we're working on it. <laughs> and the way that Monero solves this is um Monero, I guess, acknowledges that there's no unhackable hardware. So what you do is that you decentralize, right? You say, instead of having one orb in New York City, for example, we want everyone to have these little tiny computer or computers, and they can use the mine Monero and do that instead of a, as a proof of personhood, right? So instead of saying we're going to have centralized hardware, 
Monero takes the approach of let's decentralize it. And how every cryptocurrency should, right? Does Barrio's talking about how Bitcoin isn't that decentralized? And that sort of is a major issue. Monero doesn't have that issue. So that's one way that Monero fixes this. It, it admits, accepts the fact that there is no bulletproof hardware. And instead, it just spreads that hardware over every everyone, right? So in theory, everyone has their own computer that they're all mining Monero on. They're all doing different cryptographic functions. That way, if, if one has a bug, it's not a big issue because you might be running Raspberry Pi, you might be running a server somewhere, and that's how it should be, right? That's how Monero, this coin is Monero's super evil twin, right? Another issue is centralization because Worldcoin is pretty much owned, I believe. It's a private company invested in by Sam Altman and, and friends. So another issue is centralization of authority because um, who says who controls the orbs is also important and who says who can get an orb scan, right? If the government comes out against you and say, sorry, Doug, you, I don't know, you use too many environment points and you're hurting the environment. Now you've re- rejected your eye scan, right? Who has the ability to push back against that? And like, unless right. you're Elon Musk or Sam Altman or like some political figure, they're going to change the rules of the orb. They're going to change who's a person and who's not a person, right? Because in order, centralization and KYC go hand in hand, right? Because in order to have authority, I have to know who you are. In order to know who you are, you have the KYC. So these 10 things generally tend to go hand in hand. But with, um, like I said, privacy kills authority because if, you, if you're a private individual, it doesn't matter who you are, right? You don't have authority because, right, you're a private individual. We use different things for personhood. Like, can you pay this amount of money? Do you have this amount of hash power, et cetera, et cetera. And that's pretty much how, I really like the analogy that Worldcoin is Monero's evil twin. And it's it's really bad. Like the white paper are I recommend you read the white paper for, I guess, one major reason is that Worldcoin is bad. But as I read the white paper, I kept thinking to myself, like, is this worse than our current, I guess, like fiat government reality, you know, because I was just thinking about like social security numbers and all of these things. And like, it's just very interesting to see something get such a major pushback universally. So like, I don't know anyone who actually likes Worldcoin, but then a lot of people will go and like, give the government their user driver license, give a social security card. All these other things sort of work hand in hand, you know, they sort of go together. So Worldcoin is terrible when it comes to anything privacy preserving. But unfortunately, I think that it'll probably be successful because the government loves this type of stuff, right? You know, so I don't know. What do you think, Doug? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we, we see people waiting in lines to get their yeah. irises scanned, so... <laughs> <laughs> it, appear, it appears to be successful. I know, uh, and I think it'll be, we'll we'll show it in the news. I think that's some of the, some mm-hmm. of the tweets we have. Uh, but I think it was like in India, um, people. It appeared like people were getting paid separately. Like people were paying people to go <laughs> get their their scan and then send them the world coin, right? Because you get you get issued world coin. I think mm-hmm. when you get your scan, right? You get issued yes. a unique ID, and mm-hmm. then you also get world coin. I guess sent to your to your wallet that's associated with that ID. So I think people were like harvesting the world coin by saying getting, you know, people in some community in India, a very, you know, impoverished area and saying, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll give you some some cash. Just go scan your Irish and your 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 eye and uh, send us send us your world coin. Um so yeah. yeah. And then there, then there's those that are just doing it on their own because uh, they think it's you know free free crypto and it's going to be the next best thing and they want to get in early and it's like why not there's there they see it as no co- cost being associated yeah. with it uh, but we all know that no, that old adage right if it's 
if it's free, then you know you're you're likely the product. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, I do think it's going to have legs to some degree because yeah. it appears like it's you know they, they they really game gamified it. They made it cool with the orb thing. Mm-hmm. Like like there's a, we're scared of the orb, right? But I think there's a yeah. lot of people who are drawn to drawn to the orb. It, it like, just looks evil. It yeah. just looks I don't know. It just looks evil to me. <laughs> it looks it looks evil. It's like but comic I think, book evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's like you see it there and you're like drawn to it and you want to go touch it and like look into it right uh i mean let, let's be honest right if you saw one of these things down yeah, as you're as you're going for a walk somewhere you'd walk over and check it out now oh now, yeah definitely put your face in there and let it scan you probably absolutely not <laughs> uh but I think honestly they could have just like left these out you know and let people come up to them and just uh exactly you know, automatically without your consent just capture you know information i'm sure they'll, they'll they'll do that next you'll just start to see them all over the place right they don't even you don't even need anybody managing it it's like people just go don't up don't touch it. the orb don't even look at it <laughs> run away <laughs> so yeah unfortunately i do think it's it's going to take off uh, I had yeah. put a tweet out like we we need we need Monero people all around the world going out to where all these orb uh, centers mm-hmm. are and handing out pamphlets or literature or something warning people about the or, about the maybe orb. like I'll pay you this amount of Monero to not do this I don't know Something yeah like there's that too I don't know I don't know if we could to... fund that <laughs> we need to get some VC funding like like Sam Altman has. But yeah, it's just it's just reading this is very interesting because like unfortunately, I, like I said, I think it will take off because it seems to be a linear step in the fiat world, I guess fiat government world. But um, obviously, here we hate it; it's not good, and it, it just sucks that this type of stuff happens. But hopefully, now people know a little bit more about it, I guess. And the Monero quiz, like you're talking about, get people getting paid. Ooh. How much do you think people get paid for high eye scan around estimates? Right, it's a coin, so it fluctuates in price. What do y'all think? You, you mean some tuxedo? What do you think? Oh wow! I didn't. Yeah, I don't know anything about um, it. Yeah, ahead. I think it was around. It was around a hundred, wasn't it? Holy shit! They're giving out a hundred bucks per scan. Oh wait, that was, that was this a is guess. not an advertisement. Don't go do this. No. That was a guess. <laughs> Doug's like, I gotta go. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> is that right? <laughs> We're all gonna die anyway. <laughs> no, Let's just... see. Um, it was actually uh, reportedly when I googled this, it was around sixty, but that could change, right? Because it's, it's a coin. So if you say sixty or hundred, you're not that far off, honestly. That was really right. good. It's, it's I knew it was around there. Wow, that's yeah. You're kind of just you giving had... away a lot of money just for like that. But I mean, yeah. it's like, how, what do you value more? You know, and and, and what you know that they're, they're preying on the impoverished, right? This yeah. is really yeah. that's that's the thing, it's right? It's like sixty bucks to you and I. We might be like, yeah, there's absolutely no way I'm yeah, giving you know, taking that risk. Uh, but if you're make if you're living on a dollar a day. And somebody comes 60. around and says, "All you got to do is put your head over here and scan your thing." Is that sixty you're, you're US? Ab- you're but that's you're like absolutely going to say yes. So in like other countries, that's like a small fortune for some people. Yeah, yeah. it's just sixty USD. Yeah, so I mean, this is just it's it's very very unethical. Uh, it's kind of yeah. like buying people selling buying people's uh, body parts, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's messed up. Not too far away from that. I mean, although we we don't. I, I hate to give them some some like deference, but mm-hmm. if if things are designed as they say, then supposedly, right? They're not really they're not associating the person with the the scan, right? That's what they're claiming. Yeah, if, yeah. but there's just if so much works, room. Yeah. There's just so much room for error. Like we we all mm-hmm. know, right? That it's that's not about even 
obviously the, the whole idea with crypto and decentralization is that you don't have mm -hmm. to trust anyone. And here you are, you're like you said, you're trusting this hardware, you're trusting the, the fact that you can't get yeah. hacked, you're trusting the fact that people can't figure out ways to eventually associate your ID with mm -hmm. your um, WorldCoin identity. It's it's just way too risky. Yeah. I, I believe this the code's closed source right now. I could be wrong, but I wasn't able to find any like GitHub for Rollcoin, right? So yeah, it's you're trusting a closed source black or in this case, um, I guess silver orb <laughs> with all your this is is really bad. Like you said, yeah, it's really messed up because all the videos and photos I found were in like developing countries where you sixty dollars would go much further than it would here. I'm not doing this for six dollars here, but like you said, if someone makes a dollar a day. You know, two months pay. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. To go wait on a line to, to scan your eye. Yeah. Well, I, I would say maybe the, the silver lining is mm -hmm. that this is how people come to realize how important something like Monero is. You yes, know? yes, yes. Unfortunately, it's going to take moments like these. We've always said it, right? CBDCs mm -hmm. will wake people up. Things like WorldCoin are going to wake people up. Uh, so unfortunately, the, the the sheep the sheep are gonna be the ones that that fall for these things. Yeah, but Monero, Monero's here. We're building it out. We're opting out, and you know we're waiting for others that wake up. Like we'll we'll be here when you're ready. When you when you realize the impl implications. And once you messed up, you're like, I need some privacy now. I they have everything about me. Like we'll be here, open arms. No, no, no. But wild yeah. man, yeah. wild. All right. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Digun, thanks. Great as always. Uh, stick around if you can, please. Uh, we're, yeah, I will. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get every viewers on stage up soon. I guess let's let's jump to the guest, and we'll have we'll have a quick intro, and then we'll we'll do the news with the guest up on stage, and we'll bring all the viewers up. Proceed like that. All right, let's do it. Thanks, Digun. <laughs> thanks, Digun. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet Store. Send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. Yo yo! Hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah, how's it hey, going? Hey, yeah. <laughs> More. Uh, good day. Good day. Good day. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm not. I'm not used to this screen name. Oh, is it Reed Rothbard or Drunk Dial Me? <laughs> you, you got that. Reed Rothbard. Uh, yeah, I'm used to Drunk Dial Me. You want to uh, you want to quickly introduce yourself? Uh, sure, I'm on. Uh, I, I get nuked on Twitter pretty frequently, um, but uh, I was you've noticed uh, some Monero adoption contests lately that people have been competing in. Um, there's a lot of people in South America that have been in the rounds uh, past few weeks, past month or so. Um, I was giving away one XMR for the first prize half an XMR for second place having it each uh, up to four winners. But um, if you've seen contests for people onboarding local brick and mortar merchants um, to accept XMR, I was kind of heading, started that and heading it up. Um, and then awesome. uh, Christian, oops, sorry. No, just saying great. That's, that's amazing that you, yeah, I did see a little bit of that on Twitter. It looks like you're having some success with that. Yeah, uh, actually, I was really shocked how successful it was. I, I I just started it so I could get some screenshots of local businesses accepting Monero because the ones I had were a little stale. Um, and uh, so I was just trying to get like a handful of pictures and I couldn't believe the response. So um, this kind of happened around the same time that we discovered 
uh, in northern Argentina, the Liber Libertad uh, football team already had a little circular economy in their town. Um, I don't know if the town is called Formosa or not, but uh, the winner of my contest last time, um, his name was, uh, his handle is at Chris. Well, it's a kind of a weird spelling at Christian. Yeah. We, we've had him on, uh, on the show. He's the, I think the guy in Argentina that's, that's running the, the soccer, soccer thing, right? The football. Uh, I, I don't think he's right. a part of that. He's the, he's in a town about an hour away from that Northern town in Argentina. Oh, he's the butcher. Is he the butcher? Yeah. Yeah. He onboarded. Okay. I think he might own the butcher shop slash grocer. Grocer, um, so he sells uh, produce and meat. Yes, um, where okay. he onboarded them. So it, it's really cool to see how open to adoption people in Argentina are. Um, so in that region, there's already a circular economy going. And uh, Christian actually kind of, after this contest, started his own um, donation page based on uh, Anarchio's XMR donation platform. Mm -hmm. um, so he's kind of running with that. Um, so wait, he's not, he's collecting donations and then he's using that to onboard new vendors, essentially, new stores and whatnot. Yeah, so he's been pretty effective. I think he might have even been in the. I think I even awarded him some Monero uh, before the contest started, or donated some to him. Um, or maybe he was in the first contest. We're 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 acquainted. I'd say we're acquaintances, but we're not working together. Um, but uh, I was. So he set up a donation page and I was uh, kind of considering doing the same thing um, just to, first of all, I was, I was paying for this out of pocket <laughs> just to get those, some of those pictures, but this actually seems like a really sustainable and effective model. Um, so I was uh, trying to figure out a way to just perpetuate this. And um, once Christian, again, his uh, handle is at C-R-X-S-T-X-I-A-N. Um, kind of a weird spelling, but uh, he's doing it locally. So he's asking for donations to onboard people in his northern Argentina town, which is just about an hour away from where the uh, Libertad soccer team stadium is and, and their little circular economy is mm -hmm. where they're going to have their bet betting platform that's sparked all this there. Yes. Um, but once that gets, uh, once his area is saturated, um, I was wanting to continue this. I don't want to actually distract from what he's doing right now, but I do want to continue this model because it's extremely effective. Um, I was thinking on focusing on uh, other parts, uh, maybe other towns in Argentina, or maybe they could help head that up. Um, Venezuela is a prime target since they have crazy inflation. Um, they're so desperate for sound money, they're actually sneaking into nationalized gold mines that are shut down and, and uh, scraping out gold flakes out of the earth and make this local currency for haircuts and whatnot. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, no, I think... Are you there? Did we lose you? Hello? Drunk dial me. Uh, I think we lost him. Tux, you there? Him. Yeah, I'm here. Huh. You can't hear me? Oh, oh there you are. There you are. Oh. You uh, cut out. You cut out? Yep. Uh, yeah, so anyway, this... Uh, I, I'm, I've been very heavily fo focused on adoption. Um, Doug, you and I have talked quite a bit. We were uh, trying to figure source local farmers to uh, sell produce on um, gratuitous. Yeah, but I've been trying every angle I can think of. So I, I took some notes down on topics. But uh, yeah, anyway, the, as far as this donation thing goes, um, I don't really even necessarily want to handle the Monero. I don't mind just running the contest and 
maybe if someone wants to step in and use it as a promotion, like a uh, cake wallet or uh, Minerujo, um, or whoever, if they wanted to sponsor this or sponsors could cycle in and out to award this, I can just run the contest, not even handle any of the wallets and uh, just run the polls and promotions. But um, So wait, cool. How, so how would it work? So you'd raise the money and then how does the contest work? You people, like how do you get first well, second? first prize like this is the what is the well, i've been experimenting I, I just was uh kind of it was all ad hoc um my first contest uh i just threw it out there like hey whoever can onboard local merchants and provide video of paying for something at a local brick and mortar um i will put you in a contest and put it up for community vote um first place is one monero second place half monero etc um so I was doing that out of pocket, but I think to make it sustainable, like I, I'm not promoting anything, so I'm actually just losing money. I was just doing it, like I said, for some to replace some stale pictures of Monero merchants. Like there's a lot of people in New Hampshire that accept Monero. I had some pictures from there and coffee shops and a baklava shop in Turkey. And but anyway, um, but it just it just exploded. Um, I had all sorts of entrants uh, scrambling to put their um, their entries up for vote. So I did a second round, but I, I can't sustain it. I can't, just, you know, giving away Monero. Yeah, no, dude, you, you do a lot, man. Yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, you, you do a lot. And you you have a lot of creative ideas and you, you take action. Um, and in my dealings with you, uh, it's obvious to me that you're, you're just passionately trying to sp- spread Monero and build out a circular economy. But yeah, there's, there's no reason why you should have to have to spend all your, your hard-earned Monero. Uh, you're doing enough just by, by managing this and kicking it off. So the idea being you, you want to perpetuate this, uh, use the Kickstarter thing, have people donate funds, and then maybe get help with managing it is what, is what you're looking to do? Well, um, I don't even necessarily need to touch the Monero. If someone wanted to sponsor it, and I just kind of promote and run the contest and the polls... Like if someone wanted to say, I pledge to pay first place, one Monero, second place, half Monero, blah, blah, blah. Um, I I kind of want to let uh, Christian um, saturate his town in Argentina. He's got a little donation page. Mm-hmm. But once he's kind of got that done, um, I think uh, focusing on Argentina, Venezuela, Nigeria, New Hampshire, and ideally the Netherlands, since they've got that big farmer um, land seizure thing happening. Um, I, I mean, my, my honest, my honest take, well, one Argentina, I think it's amazing that we're, we're seeing kind of natural organic traction take place there. So yeah, I think we should double down there and try to help as much as we can. Right. Cause it's kind of blossoming on its own. Um, and I, there's a ton of work to be done there. Yeah, I don't, I don't see saturation happening anytime soon in that area, but if we, if we stayed focused there and, uh, I know we, we spoke about it on the show quite a bit, maybe doing the next Monerotopia in Buenos Aires. So maybe between now and then, we could really try to help uh, push things in Argentina. You know, each show, it seems like every show we're talking about it more and more. Um, so just staying focused on, on that area for a while. We, we may be going down there soon just to do recon. I think I saw you putting a tweet out that you might want to head down there just to see things. Yeah, I've been wanting to go down there for years. Um, someone did kind of tipped me off that bch is getting a pretty decent foothold down there too they just had a convention they they apparently have about 300 businesses that are accepting bch or we're mm-hmm. at this convention but um that's actually not necessarily 
bad news because BCH and Monero, we get along probably better than most coins. Uh, but if those merchants accept BCH, well, there's probably they probably accept multiple cryptos. So we could, I don't want to say poach, but uh, <laughs> approach those uh, merchants as well. Um, I know there's a lot of Monero people in Argentina. So if you're down there, um, networking that town outside of where Libertad is, Libertad soccer football stadium is, where that town where Christian's at, if they start net, the, the way I see it, if these little economic circular economies are happening, once they start networking with each other, you know, networking town to town, mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're starting to get a real network effect and then kind of pop off as far as adoption goes and regionally at least. Um, but yeah, kind of a go back to this promotion idea though. Um, I don't, I don't really want to handle the Monero, but if someone wanted to sponsor it and pledge that they'll pay for first place, second place, um, I could still run it and do that. Um, but, uh, one issue I've seen is it seems like maybe people were gaming the polls somehow. So mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone knew anything about that, but it did seem like we had a lot of like suddenly porn accounts were voting, maybe promoting certain people. Oh, like bot accounts? Contest. Yeah. I, I don't. So that if someone has insight into that, I'd be more than oh, like people to trying to out. like get money for not actually anything. Yeah. And I then can see I actually, a rise in people like faking. Yeah. It did seem like, I don't know, maybe they had a big circle of friends or. But the, there was a huge spike in votes for a couple of contestants, and there seemed to be like porn accounts or OnlyFans type accounts associated with them. <laughs> okay. And I actually did get scammed. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, there's apparently uh, bots out there that break for crypto contests. Um, so I, I had a winner, and I was going to award the first place. Um, and the way the scam works is so in the public threads is like okay you win yeah, they, your they, DM, they dm'd you right and looked like the winner they discussed yeah, so my like, dms with their yeah. profile pic changed and their name changed and in twitter you can't see in the dms the at you can't see their actual address or their at you see their screen name which anyone can change so they basically right. change the profile pic and their their fake or temporary name and kind of clutter up the conversation so it looks like you've had a previous conversation rolling with them and it's like, oh, blah, blah, I'm so thankful. Here's my address. And actually, I actually sent a first prize to <laughs> a bot. Um, who knows? Maybe it was an actual person who's really on top of it, but it did seem a little bit automated um, how fast it happened. Um, but uh, I did honor sending first prize to the real winner. Um, I just kind of. Oh, got- that sucks. You got scammed. We had that happen yeah. to us too, a, lot, a little while ago. We Same thing. Somebody DM'd us with the fake thing. We weren't paying attention. And yeah. Yeah. So, so if you're out there, go to hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least but, they got uh, some Monero, well, right? Well, you well, know, well, they're they're helping to build a circular economy by <laughs> by stealing Monero. At least, at least use it. They knew what it. was good and they wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of scams in Monero, I did. I, I've been recently seeing a lot of uh, dollar sign Monero, not hashtags, but the dollar sign ticker symbols. Um, has anyone else noticed that there's this fake, there's a bunch of bots. They look like all of their profile pics are generated by uh, all those uh, like NFT type pictures. And they, they're basically promoting a fake. Oh, like the monkeys? Uh, they're not monkeys. They're a lot of like frogs and dumb stuff. Yeah, like it was, um, it was the ticker is Monero, right? Like the actual ticker is the like spelled out Monero. I saw that earlier 
last week and i was like it was confused i was like what's the scam yeah, what so, are you? so i think what the scam is is there's they use the dollar sign monero which creates a like a hyperlink on twitter it's not the hashtag monero it's the dollar so instead sign of monero. xmr as the ticker it's literally monero is mm-hmm. the ticker okay well yeah i don't know if they also use xmr but if you if you click on that and you try to i think what the scam probably is is that um you go to a fake exchange and try to buy Monero or trade your crypto and it just goes into a, a black hole. That's I'm guessing that's what the uh, scam there is, but yeah. I'm, I'm pretty on top of, I, I never say this on Twitter, but I think it's really important for all of us to do housekeeping and always report all the affinity scams or the fake Monero scams. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend talking about it on Twitter because the people running these bot accounts will know about you and block you. So you can't see their bots. And uh, yeah. 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 But this is just kind of a, uh, a PSA uh, public service announcement for the Monero community. Never walk past a bot or scam or affinity scam on Monero without reporting or blocking. Cause you've got all these people who are going into the crypto world and they're surrounded with 25,000 shit coins. If, if every time they go to a Monero account and it's clean, it keeps focus on Monero and they're not getting like distracted with all these scams. But anyway. Yeah, um, no, that's, that's, that's a good, uh, some good info to put out there. Uh, I know another thing you had tweeted about was Howard being booted from Twitter. Yeah. Um, it just happened, I guess, two days ago. So I, I mean, Howard Chu has, he, for those who don't know, he, basically created the inner workings of the random X protocol, which is the ASICs resistance of Monero mining. Um, and they've also kind of ad- adapted that for the Tor network recently. Um, so he's a former NASA scientist, a real mild mannered guy. He's I've, I've heard, I've heard you describe uh, the politics of um, what's, what's the guy's name who created uh, GNU. Oh, Richard Stallman. Oh. Yeah. I heard someone describe Richard Stallman's politics as the politics of a suburban soccer mom. Um, Howard Chu is kind of <laughs> no shade on Howard Chu at all, but he's, he's very like mild mannered. He's not controversial. I don't think I've ever even seen him swear, but uh real respectable guy, former NASA scientist. Uh, he originally invented the protocol for, I think satellites. Um, but anyway, he got banned, which I don't know what, I've seen theories of there's botnets that are attacking him because he's too good at taking down. He was attacking or he was just breaking down white tethers. BS. So it was a, sounds like a coordinated attack. A you know who I also just got suspended earlier this morning. Someone notified me because I had, I had tweeted out. I was asking what people recommended for low, uh, conveniently on topic onboarding a local shop. Uh, what they would recommend using and Cicada wallet responded, Hey, try out our wallet. Cause they do like a business like, xmr and btc wallet and then suddenly this morning their account was suspended what yeah yeah the at cicada wallet uh and they Why? were they were a um they were sponsored for monerotopia weren't they yeah, they were yeah, on yeah, yeah. i it's i don't know it's weird i'm thinking maybe these are being done in error because i know a lot of these suspensions and bans that happen a lot of them are just like based upon automated systems there was no human that actually made it in there but it's still like weird, right? Like Howard Chu, you know, people are thinking maybe of like his politics or, you know, something he's been involved with in the past because he's done like a lot of smart things uh, and he's been involved with Monero and stuff. But then like Cicada Wallet, it's like, what? 
they make just like a work, a business wallet for BTC and XMR. It's super weird. So I'm thinking based on that, it might be an automated thing. Um, but it still like shows the fact that these centralized systems are like not great, uh, even if it is automated, right? It's like, it's just stuff is happening that shouldn't be. And it's preventing people from being able to communicate and talk and say what they yeah, want. it's horrible. Uh, I mean, an accidental ban is just... Even that's just like, yeah, it just shows like these platforms are... Yeah, we, we reached yeah. out to Howard. We emailed them. Uh, maybe we could get him to jump on a Monerotopia next week or something. Hopefully he'll respond. We'll, we'll hear his side of things. Hopefully it'd be great to have him. Haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, but yeah, he's he's amazing for all the things you're saying. I mean, obviously Random X is what, he, what he's most known for in Monero, but he's contributed in a lot of other ways. And his just his just general takes. He has an amazing understanding of the technology on a very deep level. He's also probably one of the best voices that speaks out against the uh, transparency of Bitcoin, and he does it in a in a very intelligent way and brings a lot of exposure there. You're He's... not allowed to be that smart. <laughs> and Elon, the... Elon senses the competition. He's like, I'm the genius, not you. <laughs> One thing I'd love to hear from Howard Chu is that I've been thinking of is um, so we've got the random X protocol, which uses the CPU architecture, um, helps make it ASIC resistant. I'm wondering what uh, how random X would fit into a quantum secure future. Like are CPUs and random X going to be adequate or do we, is anyone thinking of ways to do something similar so we don't have essentially ASIC mining farms but instead of ASIC, it's quantum <laughs> computers. So I would, I'm kind of, that's something I've, I've been rolling around in my head. I'm wondering what his thoughts are on it because obviously he's extremely respected, knows his stuff. But if you have him on, I'd love to hear his yeah, thoughts. Yeah, yeah. We, we've had some good uh, Monero Talk episodes on that topic, actually. Um, drawing a blank on the, the guy's name. Oh, okay. that came on and spoke about potential quantum resistance of Monero. Recommend checking that out. But yeah, it's, it's a good question for Howard. I might have uh, asked quantum that. Yeah. Quantum secure uh, encryption or quantum secure mining? Because they're kind of two different issues. Uh, we just talked about the potential quantum, how, how whether or not Monero would be you know quantum resistant and what what oh. can be done to make it make it so in all respects. Okay. Well, um, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, that's kind of what kicked this whole thing off and why I shouted out at you. But um, since recently there was also the Monero adoption thing, I'm uh, more than happy to talk about that somewhere. Maybe some of the merchants who uh, were in the contest or won it, but I I've got to I've been focused on adoption of all or all sorts of experimentation. I've, I've got some other ideas for adoption that I'd really love to throw out to the uh, Monero folks as well. But um, I guess real quick I could run down um, some of the people who were in the contest. So yeah, we had a uh, a butcher slash grocery grocery store um, in Christian's town. This is the town next to the uh, Libertad football stadium. Um, we had a, a barber. So there's a barber in his town and there's a barber. I don't know which one, which town is Formosa and which one is the other one, but uh, there's a barber in both towns. Apparently um, there's a home improvement store in Christianstown and a hardware store in the Libertad town. So it's, it's really cool to see that there's one of each in each town and uh, they're so close together. But um, there was also a, a, a t-shirt print shop that, I mean, a lot of this stuff was already done ahead of time, but um, anyway, um, I, I, some people who have been seeing me uh, trying to get adoption going might have seen me in the past also trying to promote local farmers and homesteaders, trying to set up little direct 
uh, mm -hmm. de dealings with people who want to spend Monero on meat and products to pay for farmers and homesteaders who are accepting Monero locally. Um, so I've, I've been doing that for a long time too. And that's, that's kind of going okay. Um, Once we but, have uh, XMR Bazaar up, would love to kind of work with you to help grow adoption on, on that. We're really building it for, for those purposes. Um, but yeah, it would, would be great to get some of these guys on there. Yeah, that, that was sort of my original ado adoption project. And I, I still try to keep it going. But um, mm -hmm. I found people willing to accept uh, Monero in Tennessee, Southeast Texas, Netherlands, uh, Amazing. Houston, Canada, Ohio, Idaho, Morocco, uh, Central Missouri and Arkansas, Northern California, Southern California, a few in New Hampshire or a couple in New Hampshire, South Carolina, Iowa, Southern California, Missouri, Colorado, a couple in Colorado, actually, Cuba, which um, is interesting, South Africa, Stockholm, Sweden, another another one in Texas. So that's like a three in Texas and uh, Argentina. So if you live in any of those regions, uh, reach out to me. All I do is put you in contact with that person and be involved at all. You should, uh, you should throw them all up on Monerica if you haven't already. Well, I'm, I'm trying to uh, keep these more direct relationships. I just connect people and then step away and suggest that they use uh, telegram or signal or session to talk is to each like, other. Is it like farmers? Yeah. These are, these are farmers and homesteaders. Okay. Um, so if you if you're a homesteader or farmer and you're interested in selling uh, produce or meat for Monero, um, just reach out to me. And if, if I come across someone who's in your region, I'll just put them in contact with you and I, I wash my hands of it. But my my whole idea behind this. Uh, well, for those who don't know, there's sort of this hippie idea concept that's been around for a long time. It's uh, very established, but it's called community supported agriculture or a CSA. Um, and the idea is local farmers basically have people in their community subscribe to a box of produce or meat or eggs or whatever that mm -hmm. either show up on their doorstep or go to a local pickup point. So my idea behind this whole um, <clears throat> local Monero homesteader farmer thing was to plant little economic parallel economy uh, economic seeds in little locations that would be turned into CSAs because I'm actually doing this where I, I live, I found someone who uh, sells me eggs and some produce, uh, even um, fish, and uh, haven't, I haven't been able to get the sausage yet, but they're selling me things for Monero locally. He's like an hour and a half away, so coordinating is very difficult. So the idea behind what I'm trying to do with this other adoption project with these homesteaders and farmers is just make these connections between the buyers and sellers and they, they, they're like little parallel economy seeds. And hopefully the seller takes the initiative to basically be the pickup point because these farmers and homesteaders are often outside of urban areas. So it's, and it's inconvenient for them to come into town and coordinate with everyone on a, a drop off time or to deliver to someone's door. So the way a traditional CSA, CSA works, which again, community supported agriculture is that you have a basically a little network of buyers who trade off responsibility for picking stuff up from the farmer and the farmer just fills the order and then they bring it into the city center or you know little regional nodes that are more convenient for everyone and people who are customers come and pick up their box of produce and meat so if we could get those little economic seeds of csa supported local csas going 
um, all of a sudden you've got a network of people. You might have uh, a plumber and uh, an accountant, um, and a lawyer, an electrician, um, also, you know, people with different trades all of a sudden are in the CSA and then they can have like a little circular economy going. And if these little nodes start networking across regions, like across the east and west side of a state, for instance, or across state borders, all of a sudden you've got maybe this CSA over here has an accountant and this CSA over here has uh, a plumber. Well, if they start networking with each other, all of a sudden, you know, could really start hitting that inflection point regionally, just like what's happening in northern Argentina. So I've been doing that for a while. So if you heard me rattle off any one of these regions where um, you want to buy stuff with Monero, just reach out to me. I'll put you in contact. But it's up to you to sort of establish your own direct relationship with that farmer or homesteader. Or more importantly, if you're a homesteader or farmer, I'm always looking for more people regionally. And Doug, I would love to work with you on that. It, um, yeah. My only kind of, my biggest reservation with this is posting the stuff so that it can be scraped online uh, easily. Um, because I, I kind of feel like we have to have an approach like uh, marijuana dispensaries had. Well, I mean, like I understand it. I know a lot of these farmers, they don't really have any, like, like you can't just post them. Like they don't really have a present outside of just having like a number or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think, well, I think like so, something like, uh, you know, XMR Bazaar would hope to really solve that problem. Right, Tux? I mean, this is what we're really building. Yeah, yeah, for. yeah. And, you you know, you could keep your anonymity. You don't really have to say much about who you are. It's just here's what you're providing. Uh, and it's peer-to-peer. So it, it it is a level of protection there. Um, but it, it's... You, you need some some way of people to, to find out who these people are, right? Otherwise, you're, it's never, gonna, yeah. Yeah, you're never going to build yeah. build up the economy otherwise. But I, I hear what you're saying. Like, uh, we, need, we need to be a little bit covert. Well, that, that's an interesting issue because what I've found is that, I mean, farmers are extremely busy people. And no offense to any of them, but they're often not software engineers or programmers or anything. <laughs> so there's a huge barrier to entry for marketing themselves digitally in any uh, form or fashion mm-hmm. like um, we've got uh, star view farms who would love to take Monero. He takes just about every shit coin in the world, but he doesn't list Monero because it is, it's hard for him to integrate into his website. He's had a lot of difficulty finding someone to help him. Um, and then there's also this very large pro, uh, platform called uh, FarmMatch.com. Yes. Who, they're, they're an old school libertarian mainstay that, They've been battling the FDA for, I think, decades now because they sell raw milk, raw eggs. Mm-hmm. They, form these, they form these little buyer co-ops and they all have to sign contracts that they're in a private club. Still, the FDA ra- raids these poor Amish farmers and puts tax liens and stuff on them. In fact, I just saw a, the other day um, Miller Farm, which is one of the main targets of the FDA. They've been, they've been battling forever. Um, they are Miller's Bio Farm? They went after them? I, I don't know if it, it was an old video, but I did just see it in my feed recently. Uh, something about Miller, Miller, yeah, my, Miller by, well. Yeah, because I've been ordering from them. Well, I haven't ordered in a while, uh, but what the intent was to get them to accept Monero. Uh, I, I, almost, I almost got them, and then honestly, I, I kind of got distracted. Uh, yeah, yeah that, I think that's might name. Be, the, those guys are great. Amish? Yeah, they're Amish. Oh, okay, so it, it's very likely that people yeah. 
Miller's Biofarm. Something in my feet. I don't know if there's an old story about complications. Oh, Miller's Biofarm, yeah. Yeah, and then we even on Gratuitous, we have where you could just buy a gift card to Miller's Biofarm with Monero. That was kind of the, our, our workaround. And then use that to go buy your buy your yeah. goods. So you could effectively um, use Monero to buy buy raw milk. I didn't um, know they were Amish. Yes, yes, they're oh, Amish. That's honestly the best. Yeah, I'll throw out to there too. I know I mentioned this in numerous times, uh, but we're trying to add to gratuitous a way to uh, purchase pasture raised eggs to join um, an egg subscription service for pasture pasture raised eggs, and we just recently made progress with that. The big thing was trying to figure out how to ship them. And figure out the materials to logistics. use. What's that? The, all the logistics. The, well, not even the logistics. It's it's hard to sh- it's hard to ship eggs without eggs breaking. So yeah, I, true. <laughs> I've been for over a year now getting eggs shipped to me from some farm, and uh, so now we're working with somebody in the Monero community who produces eggs, and we got them to the point where we think we have figured out the packaging. Oh, so uh, you just get eggs shipped to you, like in the regular post? I do. Yeah, I get like wow, uh, it works pretty well. four dozen eggs that come in a box, you know, and, uh, and you eat was... them all in one day. <laughs> I eat them over the course of a few weeks. But yeah, that's yeah, something that I personally love to do to be able to pay Monero for. So we're hoping that we're like, we're really close to adding that to Gratuitous. So you'll be able to buy an egg subscription. You'll get four cartons shipped to you per month. Eventually just XMR Bazaar, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, uh, that's a whole nother thing. But it would uh it would be it'd be it'd be very cool to do it was just the the hardest part was um yeah the the packaging it's hard to ship it's hard to ship eggs, eggs without breaking them we actually did a few trial runs and it didn't work out too well <laughs> uh but yeah man, why don't we want to we were already like an hour and a half in why don't we go ahead and bring up the view you know do like we did last time bring up the viewers on stage and then we'll get the the news going and we could have our guests participate in all that all right. I don't know if you know. I don't know oh, if you realize, this, but I, I was uh, I was the one. I'm the same guy who was working with you on that egg project early on on Telegram and everything. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. Of course. Of course. <laughs> no. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I, I had different names, so I was just yeah. <laughs> so we've made progress. I don't know if you if you noticed, but we're we're close. I think. Are you in that chat with us with the egg guy? Uh, I'm or still in the Telegram groups. I, yeah. I don't know. If I've, it's been a long, probably been like over a year we've been talking to this guy, but he's, we've now, we've now done test shipments and we've, we've, we have somebody who's sourcing the packaging from China and like, it's, it's close. Awesome. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and, and do that. Tux, just keep things moving along so we can do viewers on stage and then get the news going. All right, sweet. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. All right, guys. All right, all come right. on up. I'm going to post the StreamYard link. I'm going to comment Post the StreamYard link. Bring up anybody that wants to chat. Anybody who's already inside the, um, the StreamYard, just uh, send a message in the private chat so I know that you want to come up. Yeah, anybody that wants to talk about some of the things we talked about today, and they'll be doing the news. We'd love to get different people's insights on the top news. Hello. Hello. Who do we got there? Who's that? That's uh, Anon Groyper. Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to to raise uh, the, on the Monero Bazaar with the three 
way multi-sig, what is the online requirement for the vendor? So do they have to, because you have the communication rounds to construct the multi-sig wallet? Yeah. What are the, I, do, 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 you know what, do you know what I mean? Uh, Tux, you picking up what he's, what he's putting down? Um, you said requirements for the vendor? Yeah. So let's say I went and made a listing and then I went offline. It, to construct the multi-sig wallet, obviously I need to come back, participate in the construction before then the purchaser can pay with like a, using a multi-sig approach. Is that right? Well, it's, uh, so like if it's something like, let's say like a product, uh, like I'm the buyer, I'm buying, um, I'm buying eggs, <laughs> the seller selling me eggs. Yeah. We, we both decide to do a, a multi-sig and it uses this client side software. Um, it like, so the actual creation of the wallet will be non-custodial. It'll be on your browser, on your computer. Uh, it's using JavaScript, but it is client side. Um, and it will generate multiple wallets. Uh, well, actually three. It'll generate one for the buyer, the seller, and the mediator. But everyone has to be um, at some point, not necessarily at the same time. We're still looking into exactly how it's been set up because super, super new, like alpha stuff. Um, but at some point, everyone will have to um, be on the same like uh, escrow page to allow the mm-hmm. the code to generate a wallet. Um, but it's most of it will be pretty automated, um, uh, and we might have it also so that instead of it generating a wallet um, there, you can have it. Well, it'll generate a wallet regardless, just so the uh, the multi-sig will work. But um, we can also potentially have it in a way so that it sends it uh, to like a, a separate wallet. Um, but since it's non-custodial, you'll probably end up having to do that yourself. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, a scheme that I've looked into a bit and have started implementing a bit myself that involves the rather than having a escrow uh multi-sig wallet instead you do a scalar secret share split it up into two parts and then you can essentially you you know you say so you have your scalar private key and then a corresponding public key point uh you share the point um, but then you encrypt the private key the corresponding other secret um and that that so you've got the two two secrets party a encrypts their secret with party b's public key um submits a zero knowledge proof that that secret that that encrypted blob when decrypted with the other party's public key would be the corresponding private key for the matching point uh and then you essentially just store the information on the server and then you can reconstruct. Uh, and so it's a, kind of a, a way of achieving a multi-sig uh, escrow. Yeah. So looking, so the, there's a Rust library that implemented the cryptography for that. Just needed a small tweak to work on the ED25519 curve. But yeah, it lets the, the merchant be offline because they can construct their shares prior. That's interesting. That that would definitely be a consideration. Um, and it would it would be like you could um, you could and you said you're looking at this. You could set it up in a way to where it's like a two of three kind of thing. It's it essentially works as a two of three because the merchant shares their shares their their secret with the platform or the arbitrator. 
but the arbitrator does it in the purchase one. Um, they can only they'd only they can store it to re- give to the merchant, but they can't get to the underlying scalar because it's been encrypted with the merchant's public key. And so either the purchaser can just send the information and will have it auto-released, or it can go through the, at the work, you know, if the buyer then goes unresponsive, the platform can then give that encrypted secret. And but the buyer did the encryption. So there's client-side generating encryption happening on both the merchant and the, the buyer. But it essentially, it's just it like it, you end up with a two of three scenario where two people have to yeah agree on an outcome. That's cool. We definitely we should. <laughs> it would be cool this, if we could get like uh, Anarchio up to talk about. Yeah, this this details. is a big topic. Um, I greatly appreciate you jumping up here and talking about this. Uh, maybe we can devote a sh- you know a part of a show to this. Effectively, it sounds similar as like, that's basically what we're doing. It's just a two of three multi-sig, but we're having to adapt it to like, you know, take that, make it actually usable for people that don't, Mm. you know, want to set all this up, right? So it's like, it's going to (laughs) be easy, pretty automated, but it's like, it's like a lot to try and get that to work by itself. uh, Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of work from the initial, ah, we can do this sort of um, cryptographic flow in order for the exchange to operate. But then there's so much that needs to be built on top of that. Yeah, and making um, it so that it's completely non-custodial is pretty challenging, uh, but it can be done. Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, stuff happening in this space. I think it. I think Co's working on something related to some for some platform. Yeah, I believe he I believe he is. Um but let's 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 keep moving along and hopefully uh, in the next week or two we'll be further along with XMR Bazaar maybe we'll have, we'll be even able to like demo the the multisig and we'd love to have you uh jump on again at that time and you know give your give your input. Oh yeah, it'd be um, great to see you. I'm a lot further behind than yeah, <laughs> no, this is great. This is amazing yeah. that so many, so many different things are happening in in the Monero ecosystem. Everybody's trying to build out different different solutions for essentially for a lot of the same problems. The competition is amazing. It's this is all really good stuff, guys. This is Monero is flourishing. Uh, mm-hmm. Ignore you know we we go over price at the beginning uh, beginning of this show every week, but it's obviously the least important aspect of of Monero. The community is very vibrant. People are working on a lot of different things. Um, let's let's get the news going, and now we have a bunch of people up here, and we can go around. If anybody wants to chime in on any on any news topic, I'm going to try to move it along pretty briskly, just so we don't stay on like one news topic too long. But we'll have Tony come up here, do the news, and we can get people's uh, insights on the news. All thank right. you so much, man, for for jumping up. And yeah, thank you. And you sound a lot smarter than uh Yeah, but please stick around if you can. Oh uh, yeah, I'll well, have to head it. off but uh, uh Okay. Well we'll uh is is there a way we could contact you? Um we can I'll, reach out I'll to you. Maybe back. maybe we could even uh maybe I don't know if you'd be interested, maybe you want to help test out what, what we built. Yeah, definitely. Um I'll send an email. Yeah, send an email to our uh Monerotopia at ProtonMail. All right. See ya. See ya. Awesome. Amazing. Hey, it's Tony. All right, I run that. What's going on? Yeah, let's let's run the news. All right, let's go. And now for our weekly news segment. All right.
right. All this techno music makes me want to get my raving sunglasses on and get ready to party. Tony live. Where are you at, Tony? I'm in Romania now. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so I'm back in Europe. And I haven't done a live in a long time, so I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing this. So, yeah, if you, yeah. If you want to quickly, uh, let's run through the stories and we'll try to get uh, people if they want to chime in. If our guest wants to chime in, body wants to chime in, whoever else wants to jump up on stage to give their comments. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so the first, I kind of have it in segments. The first is CBDC and then the rest is kind of Monero. So, um, okay, let's talk about the World Economic Forum. They wrote an article which says the EU unveils plans for digital euro, promising complete and utter privacy, we always say. And if we go on the article, they say, move over crypto. Europe has moved one step closer to a digital euro. The European Commission has unveiled a legal framework that paves the way for the introduction of an electronic currency across the 20 member states that use the euro. How will the digital euro work? Uh, the European Central Bank is tasked with securing the nuts and bolts of the digital euro, which it says could complement cash and be launched as soon as 2027. Um, with the digital euro, people will be able to pay in public money. Uniquely, they will be able to pay both offline and offline, which is very, very important. You're gonna have a digital wallet. Um, again, online and offline payments, which is very important. It will be safe and secure, instant and convenient, online and offline, offering more consumer choice alongside with private digital payment options such as cards and apps. Now, obviously you're not gonna have privacy and we had articles in the past, which they were basically saying that, yes, you're gonna have privacy, but your identity is gonna be linked to your wallet. And if you do anything that is against the law or what the ones uh, ruling us like, then uh, they can just go in your wallet and do whatever they do. And then I have three more articles, and then we're going to discuss all, all of it at once. Um, the digital dollar, dollar project completes CBDC retail remittance pilot with Western Europe. What's interesting is that in the U.S., uh, from all the articles that I read, the U.S. is the only country that every single time mentioned, oh, we're thinking about a digital dollar. It may come, maybe not. We're just playing with it. We're just trialing out. But of course, that eventually it's going to come. Uh, the project simulate, simulated transfers to customers of uh, BDO Unibank in the Philippines with improved settlement time, cost, and transparency. So it's faster, it's cheaper, and uh, with transparency so that the DDP, the Digital Dollar Project, announced the completion of a pilot study of remittance payments to the Philippines using a simulated retail central bank digital currency, RCBDC. And uh, most importantly, they said the pilot demonstrated that rather than displacing the service offerings of Western Union and BDO Unibank, CBDCs present an opportunity to modernize processes and uh, promote efficiencies for private sector companies and their uh, customers. And then uh, they went over costs and that they, in, um, I think, let's see where it is. In 2022, they had a total value of $626 billion of remittances. And a typical transaction is between 200 to $300. So, CBDC is essentially going to be a lot faster and it's going to save a lot of money. And um, when they keep saying that, yeah, we may have a digital dollar or not, well, MIT is onto it as well. The MIT Digital Currency Initiative introduces at scale programmable CBDC platform. They have something called the Parsec, short for Parallelized Architecture for Scalable Executing Smart Contracts. That's a mouthful as well. Uh, runs uh, the uh, on the ERC20 standard, so it could have other applications too. And uh, so what's really important is that the developers highlighted the platform speed performed 118,000 ERC20 transactions per second on 128 hosts, exceeding public permissionless blockchains, uh, they said. So again, it's really, really fast. 
And uh, for a future form of payment, you want it to be fast, you want it to be cheap, which is something that we don't have today because every single time you make international uh, settlements is really expensive. And I went through it and I paid all the stupid fees and everything and you wait five days for it to, to settle. And they also said we focus on smart contracts because they provide the highest degree of expressivity and functionality to users. That's Windows Update. Windows sucks. Use Linux. I gotta fix it. <laughs> um, programmability allows for asset backing and decentralization that is not possible under current CBDC designs. Developers should be taking advantage of the programmable opportunities that stable coins, coin assets offer rather than trying to compete with CBDCs. And then I have one more article and then we're gonna go over it. Um, the CBDC section. Bank of Russia reveals digital rubles logo and commission fees which is huge because we had a lot of articles detailing the Russian CBDCs and their plans and everything. But from 2025, business to business transactions will cost $0.16 each, which is obviously very cheap, while individual customers will pay 0.3% of the total transactions someone transferring to commercial accounts. Uh, the Russia, Russia CBDC project developed by the Bank of Russia has revealed its official logo. It's not the Monero one, <laughs> unfortunately. That's ours. Uh, but That's it's interesting. Yeah, so this yeah, this is really interesting, actually. Um, this is the logo of the Digital Rubble. If you're on Twitter, you may want to hop on YouTube uh, to see it, or you can go in the description and click on the link so you can see it uh, yourself. But Essential Bank has also published commission fee rates, which would exceed zero points only in 2025. Uh, what's interesting, until the, the end of 2024, all service services will be free of charge. But starting from 2025, business-to-business -business transactions will cost 15 rubles, $0.16 each. And then what's also interesting is that, um, according to BOR, uh, the regulator doesn't expect mass adoption of the digital rubble in Russia before 2025 or even 2027. And citizens will not be forced to use the CBDC, okay, so pay attention to this, uh, as it will operate along with cash and non-cash rubbles, uh, BOR governor Elvira Nabiulina recently specified. Uh, now, maybe it's gonna be different in Russia, I'm not sure, but for sure for the digital euro when they say that it's going to go along cash no it's going to go along cash when sufficient amount of people will be on the cbdc and then everybody's going to be on the cbdc and cash will be eradicated but they're going to make cbdc so good and people are brainwashed that why would i use cash why would i use regular you know what we have now on, on cards why would I, why would i not use cbdc because it's faster it's uh, cheaper it's all this stuff they're going to make it so much better that all everybody all the sheep are going to go on cbdc's and then it's going to be like a natural progression to cbdc and then boom not a lot of people people use cash what they might say is that oh well only let's say 10 percent of the population is using cash so we just eradicate it and we all use cbdc's and everybody's happy and then in six months boom the real curtains get unveiled and then so now let's discuss. <laughs> I'm okay. actually uh, waiting for the the World Economic Forum to endorse WorldCoin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, sorry before you uh, say anything, if you want to go to a specific article, uh, I can go to it. Uh, anybody got any comments on these? Uh, Red Rothbard. Rothbard. Um, <clears throat> yeah, actually, after this, I'm going to my barber to get my hair cut, and he's got a wall full of. Uh, paper shit coins from countries around the world like the um ethiopian currency bunch of worthless currencies basically and i'm going to give him a gold back to uh tape on the wall alongside him but i think we just need to kind of focus on building relationships and uh, people are a bit heck skeptical yeah. when you bring up what's that oh i just said heck yeah i love gold backs yeah people are a bit skeptical when you bring up cryptocurrency because there's, we're just a wash in twenty five thousand shit coins 
but goldbacks are a good conversation starter and i think it they're pretty and they're and they they gain trust and curiosity and you can use goldbacks to as a conversation starter to also introduce them to Monero. Mm-hmm. if you just kind of cold sell cold sell some random coin they're going to be kind of on guard but if you show them that i think they're very open to discussing like What's wrong with CB? You can introduce them to the concepts of CBDCs and monetary inflation. Um, and then once you kind of get that conversation rolling, you can say, there's also a digital fungible money out there. It's pretty much the only fungible digital money. That's Monero. You can avoid mm-hmm. talking about darknet markets, but you can discuss the importance of avoiding non-fungible public ledger surveillance shitcoins like Bitcoin um, and Ether, uh, Ethereum. Um, but that's pretty much what I'm going to do right after the show is go to my barber and start that conversation with him. And if you have a local farmer's market, you just give them a gold back. And if you can convince them to accept gold backs weekly, you can eventually start getting them all on board with that and also be discussing Monero. But um, I think it's kind of wise to be hedged into a couple of different currencies because um, people are a little bit, you know, skeptical of crypto in general um, for good reason. Again, we're awash and anyone can serve it. Cryptocurrency. I think it builds trust. It's a good strategy. I'm, that's another adoption strategy I'm going to be testing out here locally. Um, I think face-to-face, um, you know, relationships are going to be important in the future, especially with AI and bots. Uh, we need to build high-trust societies, even if they're nestled within big urban centers, as opposed to the uh, low-trust modern world we have. Um, that's my take on it. That's one of the other strategies I'm implementing. So I would encourage everyone to go out. Talk to your local barber, whoever, these cash businesses, taco trucks, and maybe start a conversation with a gold back just so they want to talk to you. Yeah, plus it's tangible, right? Like I, I mean, which I think you kind of kind of alluded to. So you, you take a gold back out and you show it to somebody. They're like, oh, wow, what, what is that? Uh, as opposed to trying to explain Monero, which is just, you know, digits on a screen. Um, very good points. It's, it's, a, it's a good conversation starter. And the wait, waking people up to the the fact that cash is being eliminated. Hmm. And we I need hope my re- audio is all right, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. I know I've said this before, but one of the best ways to battle the CBDC onslaught is to use normalcy bias against the the powers that shouldn't be. You just point out that. Especially if like the BRICS decides to back it with some kind of, you know, substantial whatever, whether it be just imaginary paper gold or whatever they're going to do. You just remind them that uh, all throughout history, a currency comes along promising to be redeemable in whatever. And then the power of the printing press always wins. It always draws them into the dark side. Now, people like us tend to believe that that was the plan all along. Um, but when you can demonstrate the, 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 I guess you could say the printing cycle in the mind of the normie that Monero's is going to be fixed and easy to predict, or when you hand somebody a gold back, it gives them the opportunity to recognize that nobody can take the gold out of their gold back. And it's actually a really easy thing to explain to somebody when you tell them, you know, the more dollars there are, the less they're worth. The more CBDCs there are, the less that they're worth. Um, so it, 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 when you're fighting that conversation, oh, it's inevitable. Oh, it's never going to change. 
just remind them that all of the previous inevitable never going to change fiat fed notes or whatever the version of the world currency of the day they're all in the dustbin of history but the gold and the gold back is going to last forever um and that the blockchain that monero sports is built with uh, with the long haul in mind it has resolved a lot of these historical issues it has a, a mechanism for its survival built right into the code. Yeah, and you've had a guest on in the past who discussed those. Uh, I think the Romanian. Um, they were they're like in in the old Soviet Union. That maybe it was Romania where they had local uh, people who would exchange currency and sort of be like the local black market, gray market um, representatives. If you go to these farmers markets or barbers or taco trucks or whatever establish these relationships you can say if you ever want to cash these out i can be your local guy to you know cash you out into fiat or i can exchange your gold backs for monero or vice versa so you can kind of establish that local uh you can be that local i don't want to use the word money changer but (laughs) (laughs) um essentially atm um which actually i have a pretty interesting update for for havino um the Hivino decks and a couple of other, other uh, Monero relevant uh, floss projects. If we get to it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll have Havino on here soon. Uh, well, they just, had, they just yeah. did a beta release, which is really interesting for anyone who's yes. interested. So. Yeah. Yeah. They presented at Monerotopia and yeah, I think they, they just released, right? Uh, oh, did they really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I see. also love them to include gold and silver as an accepted local currency. So we've got local Monero that you can um, find local dealers to accept uh, fiat, your local currency for Monero and meet up at a coffee shop or whatever. And there's Havino, some guy up in Alaska who will switch gold backs and Monero and fiat. I mean, who knows? I, I've heard there's some guy out there that does that. If anybody is wondering. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I kind of lobbied the, uh, I, I follow a lot of, Lost projects uh, closely. I'm not technical, but I follow developments as closely as I can. Um, I kind of lobbied to have them add gold and silver to Havino, and they did. Now I'm trying to get them to add the uh, goldbacks, but I I lobbied to have it happen, and then I donated Monero to the guy who added it for us. But um, that's going to be really great because when local Monero, since it's kind of centralized, becomes endangered, we've got this Dex that also has this local option that you can show up pay cash, gold, silver, gold backs, or check to cash in and out of Monero. So that's that's going to be huge. Also definitely, definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get Havino on. I actually, uh, I was hanging out with them not too, not too long ago. Uh, some, some of the people behind the, behind the project. Uh, I see Dan. Dan, what's going on, man? Do you, uh, do you want to throw something out there? With yeah, regards- I, uh, I love that uh, you guys are talking about this paper currency because check this shit out. You know, you know what this is, right? Does it? Those are the Tumans. Those are Tumans, yeah. <laughs> and you uh, explain to people what those are. Not 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 Tumans, but Tumans, right? Tumans, T-U-M-I-N. It is the indigenous not word associated for, with this at all, right? Indigenous word for money in uh, Mexico, South America, and around the time that Bitcoin started, there was this started in Mexico out of a university. So it is a local currency in Mexico and they are not a friend of the Bank of Mexico. Uh, They have been sued by them. They used indigenous 
rights from the Mexican Constitution, which allowed them to win. So they are still going. And we built them a blockchain, which is a Zcash fork that uses RandomX. And it's not it's not meant for, you know, exchanges or any of that. It's just for them to transact. They they currently have 1.3 million, probably a little bit more in circulation of this paper. And it's in six different regions in Mexico. So uh, you guys were talking about, you know, different regions of taking Monero and things like that. And uh, when I heard them, I'm like, yeah, shit, that's, that's what they're doing in Mexico. So we don't get anything out of this. And it's not like something you can just go and get unless you want to be part of the economy. So, it, you know, I'm, it's, it's really exciting to, to be part of it. To meet these people, like, you know, I went down there and they're, you know, everybody talks about being anarchists. These fucking people are actually your, your mic, Your mic just uh, got really bad. We were here before, but it just got bad. Sorry. Yeah, a little bit of wind. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, they're not. Uh, they're not pretend anarchists. They, they're, <laughs> they're living, living it. They're living uh, it. Yeah, man. So I'm uh, proud to be part of that and uh, see where this goes. And yeah. So. Oh, by the way, you got this shit right here nice. in, uh, at a Bitcoin meetup. Uh, you can buy it for Monero, Pirates, various other privacy coins, and cash uh, at the Austin Bitcoin meetup. <laughs> oh, get out of here! Huh? Wow. All right, yeah. that's, yeah, that's yeah. good. It's spreading. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> and it's uh, damn good coffee. So. Oh, awesome, man. Glad you like it. Oh, always, always good to see you. Thanks for jumping on today. Let's uh, yeah, please, please, please stay along for the ride, and we'll, yeah. we'll continue with these news stories because we got more. Uh, Tony, yes. you want to keep moving? Yeah, I was going to say one more story. So I took an Uber yesterday, and then the guy worked for the Romanian military intelligence. And he, he just started to talk about CBDCs, and we talked about CBDCs for the entire ride. I didn't even mention CBDCs. And he was like in his 60s, so it's so pleasant to see that uh, like older people as himself know and are, are aware of CBDCs. And he said that CBDCs, when they're going to come, it's not going to be a pleasant thing. So I wanted to mention that too. Oh, that, that is interesting. Yeah, that, that's kind of what we're saying, right? Like world coins, CBDCs, as bad as these things are, the silver lining is, is it's opening people's eyes. For sure. Um, then we're going to talk about this real quick, but we talked about it before. Um, Howard Chu off Twitter, uh, Chicago Wallet off Twitter as well. You can still use Chicago Wallet, which is a business wallet, and you take control of your business uh, payments in crypto. Uh, but they are not on Twitter anymore. Sure, why uh, they got deplatformed? I mean, we have theories, but we don't know exactly why. Uh, um, breaking news, by the way, uh, Howard did respond to us, he emailed us. um yeah so yeah he was uh i've attached no he was permabanned for violating twitter rules he's i don't think he's really sure exactly why they're never gonna tell you like exactly what it was (laughs) yeah he commented on some post and like they banned him and now he's been working with them to try to get back on but he's like i give up total bs but they rejected my appeal so whatever i'm done can find me on mastodon Anyway, oh, so wow. I, think, I think you won't you won't be seeing Howard on Twitter anytime soon, just because I he doesn't want to deal with the BS and why why should he have to? Someone told me he's also on Noster, but I don't 
I don't know if that's true. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he is, but he's definitely on Mastodon. What Noster client do you uh, you guys use? Any of you are Noster? Oh, I don't have any. I'm not on. Uh, I've experimented with it. I don't even know what client I was using. Snort.social. That one's pretty uh, friendly. Um, and then there's another one that I was trying out. Iris.to. Uh, those two, I think, are the um, the nicest ones I've seen so yeah. far. I think I might have used that one. Uh, let's keep going, though. Tony, yes. keep, keep moving along. Yes. Uh, quick mention. Uh, so now in Cake Wallet, you're going to have background sync, which is very cool. So basically, my phone is not on and your wallet is uh, syncing. And I'm not sure how much battery that uses. I hope that it's not going to use a lot of battery. And if it doesn't, then that's a really good feature. Then on the new update from uh, Cape Wallet, you can now it now supports ETH and all ERC20 tokens, including USDT, USDC, and DAI. Add, you can add custom ERC20 tokens, add custom Ethereum node, privacy setting to disable e first scam API if desired, send to multiple recipients, restores are compatible with other popular Ethereum wallets. You can easily convert to and from other assets, including Monero, Bitcoin, and Litecoin. So um, it's huge. It's a really huge update. Um, and they're going to... Yeah, the, the background and... scan is something people have been asking for for a long time. And my, yeah, my understanding is it's going to work on Android and on iOS as well. Uh, so that, that's, that's big. Any, any comments there? Anybody want to throw out any comments with regards to that? Cake news? Yeah, it's got um, a couple different modes. It's got an aggressive mode and then an unobtrusive mode. And I'm testing them both out right now uh, oh, to see cool. like how the battery life will be on like a graphene OS pixel device. Um, but it's super awesome being able to just open Cake Wallet and immediately it's just it's synced. It's all done. That's it's tremendous. ready to go. It's super cool. This That's is tremendous. one of the reasons why I get graphene picked Monero.com wallet specifically, but you know, a Cake Wallet function is because it's my firmly held belief that they really do walk that line between staying on the cutting edge of you know the the latest and greatest of the technology but being super user friendly having an intuitive interface i mean they i mean they just bat it out of the park again right that's what they do over there yeah good stuff and so and then they're adding these erc right the ability to hold the hold eth and uh, st well, i guess the first coins. time you could hold the stable coin on on cake wallet right there was really no other stable coin solution so that that's that's kind of big. Monero, you can hold Monero, the stable coin. <laughs> that's right, the stablest of all coins. Um, all right, yeah, let's keep moving. Tony, go ahead. Yes. So now for the next thing. So Augustin, he's 18 years old. He's from Argentina. And so the beautiful thing about Monero is that you don't need to know how it works in depth. He doesn't know about the mathematics of Monero or whether it has even a uh, tail emission. He doesn't know that. But the only thing that he does know is how to use it. So in this video, he's using Monero, he's sending Monero, and the message is that XMR is simple uh, to use and important. That's very important because like in Bitcoin, if you take someone that is not very technolog technologically sound, you need to, and they want privacy, it's very complicated. But in, in Monero, if they have Monero, you just tell them how much you want to send, what address, send, and you're done. So, which is really important for electronic cash as well. Um, and then we have uh, talking about Libertad de Cal. Uh, so there's a group of 50 kids that play soccer next to the train station, sometimes competing against kids from other neighborhoods. Andrea said they're all between four and 12 years old. 
usually playing against each other according to size. But here's what I've noticed, he said. The jerseys orange and black, very XMR. Uh, but only a couple of them had jerseys because it's been a couple of years since the last time they ordered some, and so they either use similar T-shirts or colored clothes to identify themselves. As the coach, and he told me with about 1.5 XMR, they could make jerseys for all of them. My guess is not, ev- not every family can slash agrees to pay for special jerseys. With probably around 1 XMR, we can already help families pay less. For the jerseys and have Monero as a sponsor printer in them. And with 1.5 XMR, we could probably give them all for free. So, yeah, to be clear, this is different than what we've seen going on in Argentina. Uh, the other kid that we had on the show, which Andreas was um, interpreting for. Yes. Uh, Andreas on his own now, where he lives, he lives in a different part of Argentina. He lives in, uh, I believe, like near Buenos Aires. Um, he saw these kids playing soccer, right? And now he's reaching out to help them to get them going with jerseys. Is that is that what's going on here? Holy crap. And he said, okay, first update. I woke up to 10 donations for a total of 1.3 XMR. Oh, wow. We showed it to my son, who's now my official sidekick for this project, and his eyes were big as plates. I got to <laughs> in one hour or so because they play on Saturday mornings and report back. Okay, live from the site. Three hours ago, these are, from, these are some of our players waiting for their turn. This group is around 10-year-old. Today they're playing against another soccer school. See the orange jerseys? Only three of them still have one from the old batch. So it looks like... Uh... Wow. Oh, wow. Fundraiser update. We're at 1.8 Monero. It's like, hashtag, oh my God. <laughs> and so good luck, good luck keeping up like with the... Monero-themed jerseys, essentially? I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Awesome. Uh... Yeah, Andreas, if you, if you want to jump up real quick and, and give us a... Let us know what's going on there. I think I saw you in the comments. I don't know if you uh, noticed, but uh, Uber Blue's biggest problem with his news segment is trying to keep up with the generosity of Monero. Nobody can ever keep up with the story because by the time you're reporting on the story, the the funding goals have been met and exceeded pretty much. Just just like the last Monero talk that we did a, a, a round of funding, it took no time at all for everything to be paid off in full. It's always like that. It's funny. For example, I will report on something one week and the next week, hey guys, just letting you know that he was fully funded in like in one day or something. Yeah, it's it was cool. literally like a day. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. But this is great. It's fun. It's beautiful crazy. to see. Argentina's really becoming the, the hot zone, man. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Please do. Um, that's amazing. And uh, one thing that might be an opportunity here is. Um, I've been very big on trying to get us to be thinking about adoption in Nigeria. If this soccer's football's uh, popular all over the world, and I'm sure in Nigeria, for those who don't know, Nigeria alone has 41% of all crypto in Africa. Um, I've been networking and reaching out to people who speak uh, Hausa and Yoruba, which are the two dominant languages there. And they're international trade languages in some of the top international trade languages in Africa. So I'm trying to, for a while, I was trying to find someone who would translate the documentation for the Monero website. And, and uh, I saw Cake Wallet jumped on translating when I suggested pro- provide Hausa and Yoruba um, <clears throat> language support. But um, that could be franchised in Nigeria. And that same exact model might get a real explosive foothold. And that same betting platform, um, I mean, they took the initiative and have local merchants accepting Monero before any of us even knew it was happening. So this this could be something to seed in Nigeria as well. Amazing. And like, like you said, yeah, there's really nothing more global than 
than soccer. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, yeah. so universal. And this is one. this is one of those things. The soccer thing, though, it's another example of Monero turning the general tyranny marketing thing on its head. You know, like how do people get you to degenerate your entire family lineage? Well, it's a bunch of like alcohol advertisements and like mortgage refinance advertisements and then all of a sudden people go to their kids soccer practice and it's a bunch of like paid for with the generous donations of the xmr community <laughs> yeah beautiful which is if, funny. Uh, uh, yeah i think andreas wants to jump on real quick let's i just sent him the link we'll see if he pops on and then you can bring him up okay uh, the soccer football club wants to reach out to me to uh get connected with the contacts I've established in Nigeria to help them get their betting platform going locally, please, please do. That'd be amazing. And one more thing before uh, he jumps on, because this is one more thing from him. Uh, so this is an image. There's a lot of people waiting in line and essentially people doing lines outside the supermarket in Argentina to get their eyes scanned for either an illiquid coin that will go to zero or willingly entering his dystopian world identity. Future social scoring scheme is pretty sad. And as he says, uh, so if he helps on the school, because then he can talk about this and also... Wait, wait, scroll, scroll down. Go go back to that tweet he put out and scroll down for a sec to mm-hmm. some of the... I had responded, we need to uh, have Monero people out there. And then I saw somebody say, like, I'm on it. Wait, go down. Um, um, is it in the replies or... Yeah, maybe in the reply to that. Oh, we're yeah, on it. We're on it. So I don't, I don't know what that says in Spanish. Maybe Andreas can tell us, but it looks like somebody actually is trying to warn people about world coin cryptocurrency and block oh wow okay so basically uh it says nada de so none of the identification biometric identifications are necessary to use uh cryptocurrencies essentially they're discussing world coin and they're uh telling people how for cryptocurrency you don't need to do all this stuff essentially you don't need to scan your iris you don't need to scan your face and all this stuff crypto that's what it's basically saying that's great yeah. i wonder if they're like actually somebody's out going out there handing them out that would be that'd be great hopefully i hope so um all right keep oh here's andreas maybe we get him we can get him up real quick hey andreas. hey man can you hear us well okay is it working yeah 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 because i'm not yes. in the actual studio how you can tell so <laughs> we got i see every, everybody i see everybody very tiny on my phone um yeah, basically, basically the whole soccer story. It's very hard for me to say soccer. I feel dirty. I should say football. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's it's just like you like, like you already told. Um, I, I bring my kid there since he's maybe even four years old or something like that, uh, like six years ago or something like that. Yeah. And um, the kids are always there. And the last uh, Jersey, I think, was like three years ago or something. They had a little sponsor from a, um, like a buildings company, materials, materials, uh, a company that sells materials for buildings. Um, so I approached the guy and I asked about the Jerseys and they say, yeah, but we're looking to, into it again this year. We are not sure, you know, because... Here's a bit complicated things. So not every family can afford the share says. So um, I'm, I'm guessing that part of the whole thing is that don't not make him feel any kids like they didn't have a jersey and some and some didn't some do some do, do and some didn't. So I said, well, let me see if I can make something um, happen. 
I make it shorter and say, yeah, with the company that I work for, something like that. Uh, but then I said, I said um, today I approached the guy again and I said, well, actually, uh, we are a group of people and we are rice, raising the, the, the money. Um, so you will, you, will, you will see, you will see, you will see. And uh, it was just live because we, we did this yesterday. I, I was telling my kid that, you know what? Maybe we could get the T-shirts, the, the shirts for the team. And he was like, what? No way. It's a lot of money. Yeah, because maybe if we ask for it, and some people might find it worth it. So I show him the the donations wallets last night, and he was like, "What? And how much is it? Uh, okay. And how much is it in dollars? Okay. And how much is it in pesos? Okay. So here, <laughs> I, I I made him practice. I made him practice math at the same time because I was giving him all the numbers and the exchange rate without giving him the answers. So I said, "Okay." They told me that the t-shirts were this much each, and you have like 50 kids. How much do you need? <laughs> so he was doing homework. <laughs> so he was like, but this is, I don't know, this is enough for like 34 t-shirts. And it's like, good. We have 20 more t-shirts to go. So there was whole like whole thing. And I was super happy. Not only because the kids, it looks like they're going to get them. They're going to get the, the shirts, but also because it's a bit of a father and son thing that I wanted to show him that some things are possible even if they seem like crazy. I know it's very stupid and a very little thing, but I can't really tell how, how it changed his, uh, his perspective on what is possible and what is not. If you, communica- if you communicate to some, to, if you say it out, I mean, yes. um, so yeah, it is, it is, it is great. Uh, so the guy promised me just an update. It looks like we have enough at 1.8 XMR. Unless the guy just ballparked me very, very bad. Um, and he promised me on Wednesday to get the, the official like, budget back from the, the jerseys uh, makers, basically. So Beautiful. I will you'll, have an update on there. You'll have to show us a picture once, once the team is... Yeah, 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 yeah. Because and it was really inspired by the whole Libertad um, club thing because the the jerseys are are, are really <laughs> orange and black <laughs> so i say like what the fuck this is a monero theme and and just 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 to be clear it's not a very common combination here of of of, of jerseys so to speak it's not like a very common club uh, color theme so it was it wasn't strange not yet it's becoming common. Not yet. Not yet. Yes. <laughs> awesome. And that, that world coin thing you put up, that's a picture that you took that you saw? You were near where they were lying? No, up? it was oh, it God. was posted by another guy. And he just, I don't know if he mentioned me or just saw it by chance. Uh, if, okay. we pull, if you pull this out, like in full screen, I can maybe try to read it. I, I, can, I see it very small here. So if you oh. put it full screen, I can translate it uh-huh. live. But I think basically what it, what it said, if I don't remember wrong, it said that that um, cryptocurrencies uh, IDA are not needed for. It says ah, Workcoin. There are some things that you may want to know. The technology of cryptocurrencies and blockchain may work perfectly. No, can work perfectly without any kind of biometrics identification. In fact, that's how practically all the projects that already exist work. No iris scan 
no facial recognition, none of that is necessary to use cryptocurrencies. If you're asked, uh, I mean, you I mean, say the fact that you're asking that information to access an account or to receive cryptocurrencies is not only completely unnecessary, but also makes us wonder why they want that information in the first place. Beautiful. So I think it was very well put. Yeah, really, really. That's yeah. there's, there's something really interesting about the guy who is responsible for so much of the AI acceleration, or at least on paper, he's supposedly responsible for it, uh, using the fear of his own creation to spur people <laughs> to try to then give up their something you should actually be afraid of, which is giving their biometrics to some faceless corporate orb pondering scam or whatever. And then on yeah. top of that, is I'm not even really sure why bots being involved in crypto transactions is such a bad thing. I mean, it's just like the next evolution of your typical API. You know, it is, it, it, bots would be a much more reliable way to conduct lots of different transactions. And you would actually hope that people would be interested in using AI models to perpetuate the free flow of currencies. And yet that's exactly what he's trying to freak people out with. It's like your identity could be stolen, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, they're literally engaged in stealing your identity at that very moment. And, and your biometrics on top of that with some like completely hackable. I'd made a joke earlier about like Tux and, you know, when the first orb comes out sneaking over with a USB and like taking everybody's biometric data. And like, it's, I mean, it, it would be so easy for somebody to compromise such a system. And yet they're using the compromising of the uncompromisable existing systems as some kind of fear campaign. And then meanwhile, you've got Monero like giving jerseys to kids. So it's like the most opposite of a fear campaign ever. It's like, you know, this, this absolutely selfless, you know, getting kids out to exercise and making them feel included. And, you know, like it, it, it's, it's so it polarizing. The whole thing is absolutely the most polarized thing ever faceless nameless corporations pretending to protect you from the boogeyman versus a bunch of tiny little anonymous donations being used for the most charity case situation you could possibly imagine getting kids outside <laughs> it's like that guy who got busted who owned a windshield repair shop he had a big bill he had billboards that advertises windshield repair shop and then he'd go out at midnight and smash windows underneath the windshields out <laughs> yeah. No, you don't I understand. Was... See, that's productive economics in the modern economic <laughs> theory is you have to smash enough windows to keep the slaves toiling away. Yeah. But basically the whole work going thing is on on one side is yeah, the guy is just setting everything on fire and then selling you fire insurance for sure. Yes. <laughs> yes, on one side. Yeah. But you could, you could argue that you, you cannot control technology and someone is going was going to invent that anyway. anyway. So on one side, I think it's good. But uh, for, for me, at least from, from the South American perspective, I'm a bit worried that it may work because of the money incentive. Mm -hmm. um, but to be frank, I don't know how long they are going to be able to sustain that. 
no matter how much VC money they have, because they're giving out a lot of money. And there is a lot of people. And it's very, very expensive to just create um, natural, de natural demand, like liquidity for a currency all of a sudden. Well, I'd point out that this is a really good reason to do Monerotopia in Buenos Aires because if people leave Buenos Aires and they have all of this money that they got, they're getting better margins on their products and they were able to freely transact with foreigners. Because remember, a huge chunk of what happened was, well, at least from my understanding, I mean, Andreas probably knows more, but uh, what is it, the rancheras, the, the landowners were trying to make it difficult to get foreign capital into Argentina and they were trying to control exports by deflating the currency in order to get uh, get their farm products out into foreign markets and I mean not to turn this into a giant political rant or whatever mm -hmm. but all of a sudden you have this free exchange of foreign capital for locally produced products it is an absolute death sentence to the political theory that has been used to game Argentina into this false poverty that they experience right now. But I, I mean, I'm sure Andreas has a lot more to talk about than I do on that. So, No, me personally, I'm, I'm just waiting for the, our, our IRS, so to speak, to decide to clamp down on electronic transactions. Because what, we have, what has been happening here for the past five or six years is that slowly and slowly, um, all the economy here, at least the, 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 the little shops, are all um, cash-based, right? So you don't have any, any issue there with, with using cash. People already know that um, credit cards are bad, for example, or they don't want, or they have a lot of money that is earned in the black market, so to speak. Uh, many, like, normal, regular shops have a part of your salary, um, in the white, so to speak, and, uh, and uh, another part that I give you uh, over the counter <laughs> because um, the tax rates are very, very inconvenient and very high. So uh, most people have like cash in hand and they want to use it. But for the past few years, I've seen more and more, even the little shops accepting QR code payments and all that because it's convenient. And it's not actually from the bank accounts, but it's for fintechs. Uh, even some of them accept crypto. Uh, so um, the government, for the most part, just makes a blind eye to the whole thing because otherwise it will just collapse. But the moment that they decide to clamp down on electronic transactions as well, or you start to receive like letters or notices from the, from the IRS, so to speak, that, okay, we have seen that you're spending this much with your, I don't know, uh, QR code payments and all that. I think that's the moment that Monero can really make a difference here. And people notice that, okay, they're taking out uh, our cash and now we have no options to pay, to pay uh, whatever. And then comes, yeah, you have an option that is just as simply simple, just as cheap and just as convenient. And it's called Monero. So um, what, what do you think about the idea, assuming that Doug is going to put it in Buenos Aires, about people bringing uh, legal tender silver coins and gold backs down with them as an extra layer of liquidity for the locals as maybe like a, 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 a step, like a go-between? I, I don't think... Um, I think that the use of silver and gold is that extended here 
uh, unless you're talking very high um, amounts. Yeah, yes, people that is actually already rich, so to speak, because it's not it's very cumbersome because the smaller the smaller amounts that it's useful to 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 trade in gold is a lot of pesos. <laughs> but well, I mean, it, it, a gold back goes down to it's about two dollars and eighty cents for a thousandth. Um, like a, a single gold yeah, back. I, yeah, I think it's mostly a matter of education. What you will, what everybody would gladly uh, take here from you are regular USB. Uh, oh, USB. so if I just bring a whole bunch of just fiat Fed note dollars, they'll take them just as it is. Because last time I got absolutely raked over the coals when I switched over to pesos, and then nobody would sell me any Monero, so I switched back over to dollars. I got absolutely wrecked on the. I, I mean, I must no, have no. lost over a thousand dollars on like just a bunch of money that I didn't even end up using. Like, it's, no, I, no, no, I, no. I don't know if Doug remembers, but I, I, I probably spent more on transaction fees trying to go between all of the fiat than I did on my plane ticket. Actually, I got paid to fly down there, but that's a whole other thing. No, what I mean, just as a PSA for everybody coming here. The, the, you can now you can use, do both, but traditionally, if you come with paper USD, not even euros, like paper dollars, best. If you do so, remember that this is not the US, and you have to bring the nice new bills, not <laughs> the old ones. They they are not worth the same. If wow. you bring like a hundred a hundred dollar bill, that is. Here they, they are called face, which huh. I which I find the portrait oh, speaker. Breaking up a little bit. Uh, can you hear me here? Yeah, that that that's okay. interesting though. So even that, that just shows you even even the U.S. dollar yeah. is lacking in fungibility. Old, yeah, old dollars are not fungible here. here. No, <laughs> Gresham's law with case? paper notes. <laughs> Why is that the all, case? All dollars are like maybe five percent less valuable here because the thing is that the black people that buy dollars in the black market for savings only want the new shiny dollars so they pay less for them so when you want to sell those interesting yeah so bring that uh, or crypto if you're buying crypto here you have a lot of places that you can just trade it for pesos that are very nice it's got to be like a crypto haven in a way compared to like most countries if you're trying to just use cryptocurrency right yeah, it's, it's naturally yeah. Uh, being used down there, for sure. It's not, it's not so usual to spend in crypto, uh, but it's very usual to to uh, to earn in crypto from abroad. That is super common if you work for something that you can work remotely. And um, just to trade for savings and stuff like that. <laughs> People that just buy in a bunch of crypto every every month to save from away from the best. Yeah, what what uh, Reed Rothbart slash Drunk Dial Me was saying about uh, like the the food nodes, basically like the places to pick up food. Well, we do that out here. At it, that's pretty much how most people get their groceries. And it it became such a problem where our meat vendors, for example, would take Monero, but then I would try to sell the meat in Monero, and people would only give me their fiat. And then I had to like, because they're just like, well, I don't want to get rid of my Monero. And they were asking these outrageous prices for 
the Monero and I'm like, well, I mean, I have to add to the liquidity somehow. And the, it, it was like people who otherwise get along great would like start fighting over using fiat instead of Monero because they're like, well, why should I have to get rid of my Monero? Like the the vendors get all the Monero. And it's I mean, that's that's literally how it's become out here is in and now I'm starting to fall into it, too, because it's such a pain in the ass for me to be like the only local Monero guy. In fact, I don't even use the website because just everybody knows that's what I do. So I don't even have to use the website because I get the Monero and people are just like, oh, let me get some. It's, you know, it's, it's nobody wants the fiat anymore up here because they know that they can save and use the Monero or the goldbacks. And they're just like not even interested. And so everything they try to buy, they try to buy with fiat. And then everything they try to sell, they try to sell with Monero. Yeah. Just like that, Tony. How uh, how much more news we got? Let's 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 keep rocking and rolling. Did we lose Tony? Oh, Tony. Oh, you're right. Uh, no, we're done. Uh, that, that oh, we're done. It. Okay. Oh, sweet, awesome. sweet. Um, well, this was this is great, guys. Thanks everybody for jumping on. I li- I like this when everybody gets to participate in in the news Hi. as well. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Of course. Um, I just wanted to throw a shout out for uh, a floss project that might be of interest to a lot of people. Who use Monero? Uh, it's called Cell Four One One. It's going to eventually be rebranded as Cop the Cop Block App. If anyone remembers Cop Cop Block or Cell Four One One, it's essentially a security app that allows you to send out a, an alert to your homies <laughs> or people in your community that um, and live stream videos that hey, I'm being followed home or this or that's happening. Um, so I think that's going to people are already white labeling it and. Uh, places like South Africa, but um, there's this concept called anarcho tyranny, where the government still steals your taxes, but they don't provide security uh, services like police. Um, so it's a way to organize. So it might be of real interest to people in countries that don't have very good uh, security, because you can basically marshal your uh, your friends to your aid um, or help in emergencies. Like, oh, I'm broke down on the side of the road. Um, so that might come into real importance in some places and it's, a de- they're, they're basically open sourcing this old app and making it peer to peer. Um, so it might be of real interest to people who know about freedom cells, if you're familiar with that concept, uh, which I suspect might be a honeypot because they use telegram for some reason, but, um, it's a real great project that uh, people might want to look in. They What's use, they use telegram on freedom cells because of the, uh, the it, it's easier for like onboarding normies but the the very same people they do actually strongly recommend the more like actually liberty focused alternatives uh and actually that was that was part of what i talked uh when derek bros was at monerotopia um it, i had brought that up too i was like hey you know if you're trying to and he totally checked me on my uh my elitism he's like look dude if you're gonna get people into this stuff you can't just dump on them you can't just like okay well everybody needs to be using session and molly and my, because yeah. most people are still in like the world of text messaging or whatever or another good example I mean, is doug and they we have they a use, banner right now saying join our telegram group i mean you know yeah it's, <laughs> it depends what you're using it for you know yeah got to use it with the understanding that it's basically everything's public right yeah um, and you know we have to be really careful i mean especially tux with his like 
five tier firewall, you know, everything routes through free BSD and then tails and then, you know, jumps through 12 different Tor network nodes or whatever. It's, it's really easy for people who are that level of security conscious to forget that it's, it's a long journey for a lot of people to migrate from tyranny incorporated to, you know, a, it just it, little, little steps towards freedom go a long way. So we should be very careful about judging those who, and believe me when I say like, I mean, I hate Telegram. I don't use Facebook or anything like that. I got on Twitter just to be able to be contacted after the Monero talk that we did. Um, it, but we have to remember also that people do need a way to go from zero to 60, right? You have to go five miles an hour before you can go 10. And then you have to go, you know, to 10 before you can go to 15. Um, but be there ready to welcome them in with open arms when they find out about the next step. You know, it's, it's so important that we don't become our own worst enemy. You know, it's one of the reasons why when I'm just out in normie land, I never, ever talk bad about Bitcoin. Even though I haven't used Bitcoin since 2014, I never talk bad about Bitcoin because it's still an upgrade from Fed notes. It's still, an, you know, we have to be welcoming. And, you know, the, the message that I got from Monerotopia when the Xano guys got up or whatever... I was joking about Doug being like the therapist for, you know, healing the community because he, he really has closed that gap. There's a lot of people who, if they're not welcomed, then they'll become more. An, like I mean, the feds will never have to do a damn thing if, if, we, if we kill off our own allies. You know, keep your artillery pointed downrange um is what they tell you in the army like you you just if if your battle buddy is slacking well he still is a rifle pointed in the right direction so focus on firing at the enemy at all times the phoenix ammunition the phoenix ammunition guy is a perfect example of that someone getting turned off even though he's a natural ally so true it's i i ran into the same problem trying to make an alaska-based ammunition manufacturing company up here so we didn't have to import so much ammunition. Um, one of the first things that people did was like, oh, well, we, you know, we need a new, a new kind of cartridge. And we, it's like, can't we just make the stuff that people already use? <laughs> like, can't we? And it, it just turns into like everybody being so ruthlessly independent that they don't, they don't collaborate, you know? And that's, uh, that's why... Honest to God, I was so grateful that Doug ended up being the face of Monerotopia because a lot of us are just way too aggressive. A lot of us are just way too obsessed all the time with the, the bleeding edge technology or, oh, that vulnerability that in 12 years might eventually become a problem. And it's like, well, Monero works right now, so let's just use it, you know, is, it is the, the most important, you know, and all of these people were talking about like, Monero doesn't have zero knowledge proofs yesterday. It's a shit coin. And it's like, well, it hasn't been hacked, right? It's still working, right? Like, how about you just stop with the FUD and start, you know, where's your business that takes Monero? You know, where's it? What, like, that, that's the problem that we have to be very careful not to fall into.
Don't let the perfect well be the enemy of the good. And uh, yeah, we, we you know this we win by by bringing more people into this into this ecosystem, getting more people to opt out. So you know, I, I see I see it as a, as a funnel, right? So you know, we they, they 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 start up here and they they eventually funnel their way down into into pure Moneroism. But uh, we got we gotta have open arms and ways for the noobs to to enter this ecosystem for sure. Alaska Anon, amazing as always. Thank you for for all the comments and the wisdom, Tony. Man, thank thanks for the news. One more thing, one more oh, thing ahead, that we are indeed lucky to have you. And then I remember when we were in Miami. So this guy, like people would ask him, "Hey, you want to purchase this like on the streets? You want to purchase this?" And he would say, "Oh, sorry, man, I only have Monero. Monero? What is Monero?" And then he would hook the people on Monero. And then I think one time you got a haircut and he tried to hook up the barber to the, to Monero. So like dog is living Monero for sure. It's not just like most people, it's just for the show or something. But if you ever get a chance to meet dog in real life, first of all, they're amazing people. Second of all, they breathe Monero. Like this guy had a Monero t-shirt in. Dude, in just go to Monerotopia, just attend the conference. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's all for, for the for the love of the game, man. It's just, it's the best way to spread liberty. Um, thank you, Doug. Thank, thank you so much, guys. Uh, thanks everybody for joining today. Thank you, Body Tux. Thank you, man, for for holding this down. Drunk Dial Me, uh, amazing special guest. You're always, as you know, you're always welcome on this show. Pop, jump up anytime. Um, we we greatly appreciate your insights and all the work you're doing, man, to help build out the Monero parallel economy. Uh, please, please keep jumping on here, giving us updates on what, what's going on and what you think we can do to help spread the word. Any, any pro cause I know you really have your ear to the ground with different projects that are out there. Uh, please jump up anytime so we can help spread these, spread the word. Thanks guys. All right, guys. Uh, great show. We'll be back next week. Same time, 11 a.m. Eastern every Saturday. Cheers. Adios. Have a good one guys. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey, or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.